Hello everyone and welcome back to the Clockwork Cantina. I am one of your hosts, Josh902, and this is the other host of this show. T3, what's going on, guys? Hi guys. Hope you're all doing well today. Um We're gonna We're gonna be talking about Mando season three. Sorry, I'm having a a a, a moment where I'm trying to make sure I've hit all the right buttons, and I have. Um <laughs> <clears throat> Hope you're all doing well today. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, if I, f I feel like it's been like a lifetime DD since we did a show, even though it's only been a week. And I'm week. like, man, it feels so long ago uh, to me. I, I think because I've just done so much this past week. Um, uh, so yeah, today's show will be the usual. Uh, just some gaming, TV, movie news stuff. Uh, a trailer, two or three. And then we'll get in the second half where we'll talk about The Mandalorian Season 3, and that'll be a fun discussion. DT and I haven't really talked at all about it, so that'll be fun. So let's just go ahead and hop into what we've been up to, DT. What have you been up to this past week, my friend? Um, I've been watching a lot of TV for once, because for the most part, I really haven't been this year. But uh, a lot of TV, uh, watching movies as well. Uh, some games, not as much. Uh, I haven't played as much games as I, I usually do, but um, uh, played Fortnite. Obviously, uh, I tried out the beta, the the closed beta or open beta, or I don't know what it was. Beta for X Defiant, the the new Ubisoft, uh, you know, FPS game. Um, been playing some Valorant. Uh, played some Chivalry Two. Uh, I started and beat Scars Above, all on stream. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, what else? I guess that's it. Video game wise, TV show wise, I started a few shows. I started this anime called Your Boy Kong Ming. I only watched the first two episodes, but I'll have to watch the rest. Um, pretty funny, pretty enjoyable so far. Uh, so I watched the first two. I'll have to check out the rest. It's only one season, so it's, you know it's good. Uh, I watched uh, all of season one of Ash vs Evil Dead, and end. I'm like halfway through season two already. So making progress through that Ash vs Evil Dead. What a what a super like campy funny like disgusting in moments show like it's 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 a lot of fun man if you guys like the evil dead movies you will enjoy this show if you haven't already seen it it's only three seasons 10 episodes a season so you could like get through it as quickly as i am because i'm i'm like i'm like cruising through it um yeah i just watched episode six last night and uh yeah we'll probably i'll probably by by this time next week, I probably will have finished the show, maybe. So we'll see. But I'm enjoying it. Uh, what else? Oh, I've been watching. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you, anybody here remembers, but a couple years ago, on this on the podcast, I had mentioned that I was watching this Lego reality competition show called Lego Masters. I remember. And yeah, and I watched season one, like forever ago when it first came out. I feel like. Mm -hmm. And then, like, there's been a few seasons that have come out since that I haven't kept up with. So I started season two, 
and I'm almost done with it. I uh, I think I finished episode eight or so last night uh, of season two. So we're almost done with that. So I'll probably finish this season and then move on to the next one. And then movie-wise, I watched some movies. I uh, watched Days and Confused, um, which is uh, pretty funny if you haven't seen that. So just a day in the life of... Uh, you know, people in the 70s, man. Kids in the 70s. Good stuff. And then we have Everybody Wants Some, which is basically the same thing, but in the 80s, made same director. Uh, There is no, like, in these type of movies, there is no, like, antagonist, protagonist. Like, you know, we're, you know, doing, it's just, we're just chilling with some peoples in a certain point of time. And, you know, we're just, we're having a good time, man. That, that's all it is. And then I watched the uh, Game of Death, which is the uh, one of the worst <laughs> Bruce Lee films I've ever seen. Uh, because it isn't really a Bruce Lee film. It's like a. It feels like to me that they did this movie. Like this movie came out after his death, right? They he he got to film some stuff for it. And. Um. He didn't get to finish, uh, like, filming it because, you know, he passed away, you know, in the process of that. But um, what they did get to film and, like, what they filmed afterwards, they just got, like, some other Asian dude and were like, all right, <laughs> Asians look alike, right? You, you guys won't be able to tell. And it's, oh, no. I'm telling you, dude, it is so bad, bro. Like, just the, the, that movie's so terrible, dude. Like, I feel like they just did it. And, and I shit you not, this is going to be a bit of a spoiler, but like the character kind of maybe like, well, not maybe the character like fakes his death or whatever. And I shit you not. They use real footage of Bruce Lee's actual death. Oh, for no. This. So this movie is ass cheeks, bro. Like it's so oh, it awful. No. It is. It's terrible, dude. Like I feel like they just did it to take it, like you know, because of how big he was at the time. They're like, oh, we got to cash in on his death or whatever. Basically, is what this movie felt like, man. Like I said, even though they did, he did film some stuff for this movie. He didn't get to finish it, you know. So it's like, oh man, what what a, what a piece of shit movie, dude. I can't. I cannot stress enough how bad. The movies, but anyway, I finally got to watch also Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Um, I I don't like it as much as the first one. I'm not. I I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but it's just not as fun. Or like they, the first movie had a little bit of corniness to it, but I feel like the second one like really really amps up the corniness and the cheesiness, you know? And, and like, Shazam is supposed to be a kind of character that's not super serious or anything. Like, I get that. But, like, at the same time, it's like they went too overboard, kind of, I feel like, on this one. And I would kind of compare it to the way it's... it. Okay, so before I say this, it's not exactly the same, but the way I would compare it to is, like, Shazam 1 is Thor Ragnarok and Shazam 2 is like Love and Thunder. 
Okay. It's kind of it's kind of like the easiest way to compare them superhero wise. It's not exactly the same, mind yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's like the easiest comparison my brain can make right now. So that's kind of how I think about it. It is it's cool to see Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu as like, you know, villain characters and stuff and whatever, but um yeah, I don't know. I just I I just didn't enjoy it as much. There is some fun stuff like I said in it, but overall uh it's just not not where it's at. It's not it, man. Gotcha. Saying it, yeah. They do have some fun like cameos and stuff, but other than that, it's like eh. And then I have be- I started my uh, Mission Impossible watch through of all the series of all the movies. I watched the first three movies, so I watched Mission Impossible 96, uh, Mission Impossible 2, and Mission Impossible 3. And uh, it's cool, like, going in order and watching these, and it's, like, it's also kind of crazy how, like, they space these out, like, film-wise so, mu- so much. Like, mm-hmm. the first one was, like, 1996. The second one was 2000. And then, like, the third one was, like, 10 years later after the yeah. first one. It took a really long like, time for that damn. third movie. Like, they really, like, like ten years after the first one, six years after the second one, like man, they really, they really like space these out. And then the next one, I feel like is another like five years, I think, because I was looking at the next one is Ghost Protocol, if I'm not mistaken. And then that one was like 2011, like five years after the third one. It's like man, they really just they they've been spacing these out like crazy, dude. But it's been fun watching these in order. Uh, you know, watching who's in each movie and like how you know the character of Ethan kind of progresses or. You know, through all that, and uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. I uh, am interested to see the rest of them. The only one that I have seen already before is Fallout, so um, it'll be uh, you know, be fun revisiting that one because I really like that one, and then we'll see how you know, the other ones I haven't seen are, um, which I believe is just Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. Anyway, I remember I remember Rogue Nation being a thing because at the time Rogue One was coming out and there was like mm-hmm. a whole thing. Rogue Nation, Rogue One kind of have similar names. But anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to checking that out. Also, we played Blasters and Bandits and boy, did we leave off. If I don't, I'm not going to say any spoilers, but boy, we left off on a cliffhanger. Uh, if you want to know what I mean, <laughs> you, you need to go watch some VODs, man, over on Josh's YouTube because, man, we played and this this whole current arc we're going on 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 the boo is uh pretty nuts man go check it out it's i didn't expect the things to go this way but hey man that's that's the way it is sometimes but uh yeah i just i've been having fun with it still i I can't wait the only the only thing that's a bummer is that we have to wait two weeks to play again but uh it's okay we'll be we'll be busy with jedi survivor so it's all good yeah Uh, but yeah that's uh you know that's it's it's fun. Go 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 watch the vods if you haven't. It's it's a, it's a really great time. We have a fun we have a fun time playing it, and uh, you know it's 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 cool. So yeah. All right. Uh, is that all you got, DT? Yeah. All yeah. right, my turn. Uh, for me, it has been like I've just been busy doing like work. In quotes. Um. I bet I did play some games and I watched like like we watched Ted Lasso the episode we missed, but we're still like behind an episode. Um, So we watched Ted Lasso uh, season three, episode five, I think. 
And but the game I've been playing is I bought Chef Life, a restaurant simulator. And let me open my Steam here so it can download, kill my internet. Just want to see how long I've been playing it because I'm curious. Um, it shouldn't have a download actually because I I updated stuff earlier because I'm 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 smart. I'm Hell smart. Yeah. Um. So I've played nine hours of Chef Life, a restaurant simulator. I bought. When did I get it? What day did I get? I don't remember what day I got it on, but. It's fun. It's a fun little chill game. It has, I'm going to give it praise because it has options to make the game just like, just chill. Like you can make it so you, the people that patronize your, or come to your restaurant, uh, don't get impatient while you make their food and you can set it so the food never burns. If you just want to sit there, chill and make food and design your restaurant and learn recipes and all that, you can totally do that. Like, it, it has uh, ways for you just to chill out and do that. I'll be honest, I turned those on. Actually, I had the burn the no burning food one on, and I didn't even realize I had that one on. Uh, so I was rushing around trying not to burn food, and I didn't even need to worry about it, uh, apparently, because I had it on. I don't even know how. Um, I did turn on the uh, they don't get angry because their food's not there on time thing, because I was just rushing and, and kind of my anxiety was getting the better of me. So turned it on. And I don't care that if you judge me for having it on anybody out there, because for me, it was just chill and to look at the food and to design my restaurant. So it's fun. I like it. It's not a super expensive game. It has a ton of uh, recipes that you can learn. I haven't even learned like barely anything. So I need to play it some more. Uh, uh, Dice Making has made his return to the Twitch channel. I've done two streams this past week, and one of them was six hours. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even remember what day it was. It was a long one, though. Um, uh, a few days ago, we streamed uh, Dice Making on stream. I, I uh, put some lo-fi on, and people hung out, and we did... Um, Maybe it was Friday. No, Friday was the two-hour stream. Wasn't it? Yeah, because Saturday, next day is Blasters of Bandits, and I had to stream that day. I think. Was it Wednesday that I did a six-hour stream? It doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Um, whatever day it was. And we uh, polished some dice. We trimmed some dice. Um, and... Uh, we made some dice, which is the first time I've done that on stream. We literally got resin out. You guys got to see me make a giant mess to anybody that was watching on the stream of what, why I was like hesitant to do it because when I'm working in the workshop, I just make a giant mess every everywhere. There was one point I opened the ink bottle and it just went everywhere. It just it just did like an like a spray almost like I was like, well. I don't know what I was thinking. That was stupid of me to do that on camera. Um, and all that. And it was fun. I enjoyed doing it. And I'll be honest with you. I, we went so long, I took a lunch break in the middle of it because I didn't even realize I'd been streaming so long without eating and stuff like that. So uh, that was fun. And it was really cool to get to make dice on stream for like the first time ever. Um, I look, I'm going to be doing more of those in the future. I know Jake oh, yeah, said something about... Um, commissioning a set of dice and just watching the whole process from it made to like 
Yeah. To his door, so we might do that. Which he's gonna have to wait because I have three commissions ahead of him. Right, right now, he's a, he's a busy man. All right, he's I am. Somebody, me somebody messaged me earlier. He's like, "Listen, I want to buy some dice." They, I said, "Great." Here's the shop link. They said, "I want green." I said, "You're boned because there's no other green in the shop." <laughs> You're gonna have to wait. <laughs> I said, "I can make some for you specifically," <laughs> and that person yeah. was like, "Yeah, we'll do that." So, uh, but I have a, two people ahead of that person, so. I, basically, what I'm getting at is I'm gonna be well, busy next week. <laughs> so, uh, there's a wait list, guys, right? Yeah. Some dice are a hot commodity right now, you know? If you they wanna, sure you wanna get are. Some, you, you, you need to get it, get your commissions in uh, as soon as you ASAP, as soon as you can, because uh, Mr. 902's a busy boy, all right? Let you know what's you. funny? Literally at 2 p.m., so like an hour ago, roughly. I had an idea for something and I ran down to the workshop and I'm like, I can do this in 10 minutes. I know I can. And then I'll get back up here in time to start the stream. I literally ran down to the workshop, mixed up resin, poured color in it, colored it, poured it into a spare mold. I have, I have a spare mold of, uh, that's blanks. It's cause the idea I wanted to do is for blanks. So I need to put those in the, in the thing. I should probably explain blanks the next time I stream. They're, they're just, they're dice that are smaller than the regular dice, and they have no numbers on them. They go inside like regular dice. Um, so I had an idea, like, just randomly. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is, because it's going to be a surprise when, I, when yeah. it gets done. And, uh, so yeah, I had an idea, and it just struck me, and I ran down there, and I was like, I can do this in 10 minutes! I know I can! I'm just stirring this cup. I'm like, come on, stir it up. This is a terrible motion to be making on stream, but I am. Uh, so I poured it into the mold and I got it done. And I made it back up here just in time to start the stream up and, and get DT into the OBS and all of that stuff. So you never know when inspiration will strike you uh, with that. So. And then the last thing was blasters and bandits. And I'll be honest with you, DT, you talk about you not realizing how long you were going to be on Naboo. I didn't realize how long you guys were going to be here either. I mean, it's just because it's just like, it was one of those things, like, I just picked the planet, right? Like, oh, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll go here. And then, like, fucking here we are. It's still there. Like, geez. Like, it's cool, though, you know, because, I mean, I said this, like, during our stream. It's like, who knows how, you know, who knows... When the next time we'll be here again, if at all, you know what I mean. So it's like, you know, Naboo's cool. I like Naboo. It's one of the, one of the the more, uh, for a lack of a better uh, term, one of the uh, more gorgeous slash beautiful planets in in all of Star Wars. So I'm fine with uh, being there for you know as long as we, uh, as long as we can, right? But I just, it's just one of those things. Like I just picked it out of nowhere because it was closest, and I didn't. I just, we're still there, you know. Yeah, and that's, like, one of the things I'd like to, like, man, wouldn't it be cool if, like, every 10 episodes or something or whenever we finish, like, a major arc, we just all get on voice chat, record, like, a mini, I say podcast, but, like, a mini little video of us just talking about it, if people wanted to, and just be like, man, why'd you think of this when this happened at the, you know, what'd you, did you think you'd be on Naboo how long, that long, what'd you think of all the things going on there? How'd we do, you know, all that type of stuff would be always kind of a fun yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, I enjoy Blasters and Bandits. I love that the, how the dice tell the story. I like how I'm not prepping a lot, which you guys can probably tell sometimes. Sometimes you can, I'm sure, but um, it's, it's, 
it's nice to be like have players that are part of the creative process because in dnd i feel like i'm doing a lot of the work in terms yeah. of like prep right like i'm prepping the monsters and i'm prepping certain story beats i want to hit all that stuff but in yeah. in the fantasy flight system it's more like and there's still things i want you guys to hit and those things i will write down but a lot of it is like the players are driving. I'm going to let them drive a little bit. And I'm going to hop in the passenger seat. And I'm just going to give some narration and play the characters that they want to interact with. They want to go shopping. All right. They're, they're driving over to the shops. So I'll, I'll play, you know, the Ithorian shopkeep for a minute. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. So it's it's really... I feel like it's a more collaborative process than maybe D&D is. And that could be a multitude of things. I think the, the system itself... <laughs> sorry. We're turning this podcast into a whole other thing, but I'm going to talk about it because it's on my brain. Hey, man. It's like the whole. I feel like the system is meant to be like that. Like it is it is very much like a very little prep game. A lot of games are are like that. And it could be like just the players, too. Like all the players I have are tabletop veterans, right? Like they've all played the game or a tabletop RPG game before. They may not have played Star Wars FFG before, but they've played like D&D at least, at the very least before. So it's, I'm sure it's probably like a small adjustment for some of the players to be like giving a lot more input into like the game and what's going on around them and they get better with each session. But I like it a lot more because it feels more, less antagonistic, which is, I feel this way about D&D a lot. Like a lot of times, and it's really nobody's fault. The game is kind of set up like the DM a lot of times can feel like an antagonist in tabletop RPGs or sorry, in D&D specifically. I haven't played every tabletop RPG. Some of them are meant for the DM to be antagonistic. But like this just feels more like we're working together to do a thing, right? Instead of like here's this thing where I'm the obstacle. I don't feel like I'm the obstacle in the Fantasy Flight game. You know what I mean? Like and that could just be like how i view the game and it could be how the players view the game and all that type of stuff like we could do a whole podcast on this if we ever do i would love to get just like all my my the people that really think about these tabletop systems as a guest you know like but that's just kind of my thought process i like the system a lot is what i'm getting at and i, I it's one reason why i want people to branch out and try things other than uh dungeons and dragons like specifically you know like because it's there's so many options yeah i would love to like if we ever like whenever we do another like game or campaign or whatever i definitely would like to try another system other than D D. D is fun but i just i think as i play more of these games i'm like i really like don't care for the combat stuff as much i'd rather just do the role-playing side of Mm -hmm. it i feel like i'd rather try systems that are more geared for the role-playing kind of aspects of it you know that's the thing um, it's like dungeons and dragons is definitely built on like and people can disagree with me if they want to but i think they're wrong it's like i feel like combat comes first in D D than 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 the story like i really do i feel like everything is built around having bigger numbers than this thing you're trying to fight and like yeah, yeah you can turn it into story yeah go ahead yeah I was gonna say, yeah, definitely. Like you focus on the numbers more is what I was gonna say. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And that's another thing is like definitely with fantasy flight thing, it's like it takes there's numbers, but they're they're very small and they're just their characteristics. All it determines is how many dice you roll, right? But like when you roll the dice, that's not numbers. You're not necessarily doing math. It's it's symbols, right? And with the and obviously with the online system, it kind of mitigates us having to do the the, the hard work of using the system, which is like these cancel each other out, right? Like Foundry just removes the things that cancel each other out. So you only get the result, the final result, which is nice. But symbols instead of numbers, I don't know. It just kind of, I feel like it stimulates you a little more than just being like, here is math. Enjoy this math, you know? But here's this symbol, this success symbol. What does success mean? What does failure mean? What do triumphs mean? And what do despairs mean? You know, like in advantages. Uh, and threat. What do these? What do all these symbols mean? As opposed to, all right, here's a 15. I write. I'll roll that number. I'll add my modifier. There's another five. That's a 10. I roll. All right. I, I rolled a 20. What does that? What does that mean? You know, like I succeed or I fail. I feel like the symbols really kind of stimulate the brain a little more to work than just here's math. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not. I enjoy Dungeons and Dragons. I'm just saying it's a different flavor. Sure, yeah. uh, and some of the things I like about the Fantasy Flight system, there, I'm sure there's tons of people out there that would hate, probably, or not like the Fantasy Flight system versus loving the numbers of, of D&D. And that's perfectly fine. There's different flavors for everybody out there. Um, but yeah, I just love the 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 collaborative storytelling process it's a lot easier with uh the fantasy flight uh system so but yeah uh if we're ready to go ahead and move on table that discussion hell we might talk about it more next week because we are going to have a tabletop yep. one slotted in so yep, next let's week just is go a, ahead yeah you good um yeah let's uh let's do it if you're uh ready i'm There's ready a... let's hit this gaming news huh all right go for it so first piece of gaming news we got here we have the handler archetype reveal trailer for remnant 2 venturing into the so a couple trailers here to check out um so let's do that also, let me turn Daniel up a little bit. I usually turn you up every week, and I didn't do it this week. There we go. Just, I want the stream to be able to hear you very well. Can you hear me now, stream? We can. Let's All hit right. this. So, first trailer. Three, two, one, go. Venturing into the apocalypse alone can be daunting. So bringing a friend is always a good idea. This is first. Gunfire Games. Introducing the Handler. In Remnant 2, AKA Phenom's class. Companion work together to take down the toughest enemies through cooperation and friendship. As a jack of all trades, this duo brings a bit of everything to any team. Their perks are designed for utility. They boost movement and revive speeds and allow the entire team to move swiftly as a pack. As a bonus, when the companion is near the handler, they automatically heal over time. The speed of the heal can be greatly increased by showing your friend some love. Good boy. Uh. The cornerstone of the handler's perks is the prime, bonded, 
This allows the companion to automatically revive the handler with the handler's own relic. It can wow. also be used to revive down teams. Smart That's dog. Unlike other archetypes, the handler slots behaviors, which modify the companion and grants them unique passive buffs and activatable skills. The handler doesn't have traditional archetype skills, but instead uses commands to instruct their companion on the battlefield. With commands, you can instruct your companion to attack, call them back nice. to your side, and even have them guard an ally. That's also cool. That's actually really cool. Instruct them to activate their special howls. Special howl? Is it a wolf? Guard dog passively causes the companion to draw more aggro and take less damage. Their howl greatly increases aggro generation and grants the entire team a defensive buff for a short of time. Their second behavior, support dog, passively grants a heal over time to any nearby ally. That's Their nice. howl boosts the effectiveness and size of the heal. Their third behavior, attack dog, passively increases the companion's damage. Their howl grants the entire team a damage buff. When it's time to go all out, attack dog is the way. Rounding out their kit is the archetype trait, Kinship. It reduces all friendly fire dealt and received, hmm. which works wonders for keeping everyone in the fight. It also allows players who play fast and loose with deadly explosives a bit more leeway. <laughs> the companion can never truly die. If overwhelmed in combat, they'll lay down to rest until the handler has a chance to encourage them back on their feet. Come on, buddy. Players who love teamwork and want their very own loyal companion will find themselves right at home with the handler. Solo or co-op, teamwork makes the dream work. I'm just, I'm just thinking of parties with nothing but dogs. The whole crew is just handlers. <laughs> like just everybody rolls in with their dogs, dude. Like that'd be cool. I mean, the uh, wolf you know pack. Phenom, Phenom's go. gonna be all about that. Yeah. Now, honestly, that class looks like it's really, it's gonna be real handy, man. Like, as long as you got want somebody who plays that class, you'll be set. A lot of a lot of buffs, a lot of like, you know, support support kind of, you know, you know, uh, helio. So that's gonna be, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be good. The game looks fun, man. It looks better than the first one. Uh, so I uh, definitely want to try that out at some point. Chance. I got you. Yeah, I want to play it too. Yeah, it looks uh, looks fun for sure. Um, let's see. Moving on. However, we got another uh, trailer here. This is official early gameplay for Unrecord. Which is uh, a single-player FPS that tells the story of a tactical police officer from the perspective of his body camera. As you work to solve a complex case, you'll need to use your tactical and detective skills to succeed. So this is, uh, again, from an early build uh, of the game. All right, three, two, one. is like uh ready or not mm -hmm. single player shots fired shots fired 
I saw some people saying like, well, this is cool that it's so like realistic looking that it feels almost icky to play it in some ways. Like it, it just like it's a personal thing. It's not like a yeah, I yeah, hate I this you. in general thing. It's just a thing that hits you. The thing I've yeah. noticed is that the head bob is making me already feel kind of sick to my stomach. A little bit. Oh, like, like it motion is, sickness kind of deal? Yeah, and I'm not somebody that gets that, really. Usually. Yeah, I, I could definitely see this not being for everybody. It looks it looks interesting and... and I think it's uh, cool. Like, yeah. the that it... Like it looks this good, and and again, this is only an early build of it too. So yeah, like, I'm very interested to see what it looks like in a near finished state. Yeah. You need a horror game comments. like this, bro. Yeah. Bruh, I'd be imagine dead. a horror game like this. That would be that'd be interesting, dude. I, I'd but play I have it. to play it. I have to play it from the toilet. I'd be shitting constantly. Like <laughs> 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 oh, when man. I when I put the VR thing on, you remember, and that T Rex was coming at me. That shit was scary. When I messed with that that one time, so. Oh damn! Oh man. You didn't get to find out where Oscar is, man. These people Chris said it as if V instead of render graphics. I did not see that margin. It's funny because like I could see how people would think it's F and V. Like it like, like it looks like mm -hmm. almost that good, you know? But uh I would take that yeah. as a compliment. <laughs> right? I'd be like, shit, okay. All right. All you right. think our game looks that good? This is only the early footage, man. Like, um, but yeah, I, I, it, it looks neat. I, I definitely will give it a try at some point as well. I, I like I said, I played Ready or Not, and it reminds me of that. Uh, but this is gonna be like a single player version of that. So, yeah, I need them to tone down like the head weaviness. I like they probably won't because it's meant to be realistic, but just as a from a pure technical standpoint, it does make me feel a little queasy in the stomach, personally. Uh, so I would like to give it a try, but I do not want to throw up while playing it. Hey, DT, what do we got next? So we could watch the Street Fighter uh, 6. Uh, sure. Gameplay, or, yeah, gameplay Avatar Battle trailer. And then... Uh, then we so yeah, let's check this out first. Since we'll just watch all these trailers here in a row. Hell yeah. Then let's check it out. Yeah. So this is the a two-minute trailer for Street Fighter 6. It's the World Tour gameplay and Avatar Battle trailer. So three, two, one, a go. I'm actually interested in this, even though I'm not like a fighter game person. I've said it before on stream. Yeah. A developing nation of little significance, tucked away in a remote corner of Asia. It's rather fascinating. Oh, that makes my legs hurt. Oh, hell no. <laughs> 
energy drink. Yeah. What the hell? He's right in the refrigerator. <laughs> Got all the customization here. going on. Customize your dude. I say I'm interested in it and then I see them fighting each other and I'm like, yeah, I get my ass picked so quick. Right? I'm like, there's no way I'd be able to do any of it. Like, I, I just... Online fighting games, dude? Nope. Nope. I don't even play fighting games single player, bro. Like, online, there's no chance. There's so many games coming out this year. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. June 2nd. All right. What's that? Cool. Uh, the next thing we got here is that Diablo 4 is going to be getting another open beta weekend next month. First they waited until I uninstalled the fucking thing. To tell me this, <laughs> these sons of bitches. Uh, Diablo 4 may have gone gold, but Blizzard wants to ensure the servers are durable once more of time, uh, once more before launch. Thus, it's opening the gates of Sanctuary to players one more time in, in a third open beta next month. The next test weekend, dubbed Server Slam Weekend, it begins May 12th at 12 p.m. Pacific and ends May 14th at the same time. Uh, as the name suggests, Blizzard is running this beta to stress test the servers to make sure they're as sturdy as possible come June. This slice of, of the game is similar to the March betas in terms of content, but will include updates and bug fixes garnered from feedback to the previous betas. Uh, Server Slam Weekend will be a clean slate as progression from the previous betas does not carry over. Additionally, the beta supports couch co-op, cross-play, and cross-progression. Uh, players can explore Fractured Peaks in its entirety through the prologue in Act 1, complete world events, and face Ashava, the toughest available world boss. Completing challenges can earn the following rewards. The initial uh, casualty title earned by reaching Kilvashad with one character. The early Voyager title earned by reaching level 20 on one character. Uh, the Beta Wolf pack cosmetic earned by reaching level 20 with one character. And a new reward, the Cry of Ashava Mount Trophy earned by defeating Ashava with one level 20 character. So there you have it. Cool. For those of you who are interested in the game and maybe didn't get a chance to try it out or want to try it out again, get some of these, you know, rewards yeah. before the game comes out. There's, Go get your wolf pack. You have a chance. Backpack. Uh, next up, we have some news about uh, 
PlayStation acquiring a new studio. Uh, they've acquired Firewalk Studios, and the team is developing a AAA multiplayer game. Uh, they announced it on the PlayStation blog, noting that it's been publishing that it's, it's been in a publishing partnership with Firewalk Studios and probably Monster since 2021, and that it's now happy to expand that relationship by bringing the studio under the PlayStation umbrella. The studio has been working on its first original AAA multiplayer game for PlayStation, and it sounds like development on that will continue. Since announcing our publishing partnership with Probably Monsters and Firewalk in 2021, we continue to be impressed by the team's ambitions to build a modern multiplayer game that connects players in a new and innovative ways. The head of PlayStation, Herman Holst, writes in the blog, The studio shares our passion for creating inspiring worlds grounded in exceptional gameplay, and we want to continue to invest in their mission. We're excited to bring their technical and creative expertise to the PlayStation Studios to help grow our live service operations and deliver something truly special for gamers. Um, PlayStation's acquisition of Firewalk Studios is also the largest in the line of multiple, multiple that have happened across the industry in the past year. Uh, it started with Take-Two Interactive in 2022, parent company behind GTA, announcing in January that it was acquiring mobile giant Zynga for nearly $13 billion. Then a week later, Microsoft announced that it was acquiring Activision Blizzard, uh, the company behind Overwatch and Call of Duty, for a colossal $68.7 billion. Two weeks later, Sony revealed that it was buying Bungie for $3.6 billion. Following that, Sony acquired Jade Raymond's new studio, Haven Studios. You know, reading all this, it is kind of funny how for a while there, there was all these acquisitions going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we got news of this and that. And oh, wait, they're, they're doing this and this as well. It's like, damn. Here's all these billions. <laughs> We're gonna billions spend. of fucking dollars that are just being thrown around for all these acquisitions. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, we'll see. Cool. New, uh, new AAA uh, multiplayer uh, game. Uh, see what that's like. Um, But yeah, moving on. Uh, Guerrilla Games teases Aloy's next adventure in a new studio statement. Just a few days away from the launch of Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores DLC this week, or last week, uh, Guerrilla Games has teased more adventures with Aloy. Uh, This news comes from a statement released by the studio to announce that studio director and executive producer Angie Smets is leaving Guerrilla to serve as the head of development uh, strategy for PlayStation Studios. It's a move similar to the one that the team's former managing director, Herman Hulse, made in 2019, transitioning from that director position to the head of Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Uh, Within the statement, Guerrilla teases what could be Horizon 3, or at least a third game in Aloy's world. Uh, We have full confidence in our new leadership as they steer Guerrilla towards a bright future, expanding the world of Horizon with Aloy's next adventure and our exciting online project. So there is potential for another, uh, maybe a third game or another game in the series, as long as well as a, a multiplayer game, which we know that they have been working on. We talked about that in the past as well. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a uh, it's pretty cool. It's interesting. Uh, I like I like the Horizon uh 
world i've only played the first game but i eventually want to get to the second game uh the first one was such a good time Aloy's a, a, a fun character um so yeah definitely definitely good news that they are still planning on continuing this whole you know uh i guess world in, in several different games and whatnot I see this as good news. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely excited to see what they come up with in the future. All right. That'll do it for um, our gaming news. DT, I do have one thing. It, is, it isn't news, oh. but it, it, it's a game thing. And the reason I'm going to bring it up is because it's something we t I talked about with Bigfoot the other day. And you may have been there when we were talking about it. I'm going to DM it to you. Uh, okay. And I would like just to read some of it. Uh, that has to do about uh, making characters and who are better suited to, to, to write these characters than the people that make games. And I specifically mentioned, funny enough, to Bigfoot, which is Bioware, because we play Mass Effect, obviously, and we were talking about how they write characters. And so there's an article here by PC uh, Gamer titled Mike Laidlaw, who worked on Dragon Age and some of Mass Effect, explains how their writer's room tackled companions. So the reason we were talking about this, I'm not going to go into. There was a book that came out recently for big franchise. I'm not mm -hmm. going to name names or anything mm -hmm. like that, but we've uh, I very, yep. some of us very much did not like that book because um, it dealt with some characters from a video game written by somebody that doesn't really seem to understand those characters very well. So uh, I wanted to read this article, not as like, look, this is how you do it, but to ex explain what I was getting at and some of that. So I'm going to read some of it. I might read all of it. So it's not that long and we have time. We, have, we don't really have a ton of news, so why not? So the title of this is Mike Laidlaw Explains How the Dragon Age Writer's Room Tackled Companions. This article is over on PC Gamer and it says... <clears throat> Let me get all fancy here. Companions are a defining feature of Bioware RPGs. The band of NPC followers who join your party in games like Baldur's Gate and Dragon Age weren't just a collection of yes elves who quietly went along with every decision you made. They pushed back and disagreed and would sometimes leave to go do their own thing. Each of these companions had a distinct personality and voice. That's why there is still no better argument starter among Bioware's players than asking who the best and worst Bioware companions are. Um, and so when a group of veteran RPG de designers came together for a recent GDC roundtable hosted by PC Gamer, the question of how the writers managed their casts came up. Obsidian's Josh Sawyer took the opportunity to ask Mike Laidlaw, uh, in quotes here, at Bioware was there a standard method for development of the cast of companions and individual companions? Laidlaw was the former creative director of the Dragon Age series, as well as being lead writer on Jade Empire and a designer on the first Mass Effect. But it's Dragon Age he knows most intimately, and so he answered by explaining how the writer's room worked across the three Dragon Age games he worked on, dividing the companions between them and collaborating when those characters interacted. Quoted as saying, We were firmly in the camp of, You own this character, you are the voice holder for this character, Laidlaw said. I imagine that's fairly common. Then you have someone do a pass at the end of the game to go through the character and make sure it fits. 
But we would typically sit in writing rooms, and the writers would shout out. You'd have uh, Mary Kirby owning Varric, and Lucas uh, Christensen would be like, hey, what would Varric say to this thing that Sarah says? She'd go like, he'd probably get annoyed, and she'd throw in a line or something like that. Each companion had areas of the setting that they needed to represent and have something to say about. I'm not going to get into spoilers because DT is going to play Dragon Age soon. So there is like, uh, it just kind of is like, in the case of uh, this Dwarven character, uh, who is a well-liked rogue from Dragon Age, and he's meant to be like uh, mercantile and he represents the dwarves, Laidlaw explains. But that companion's uh, dedicated writer would still be free to control certain aspects of who they are. Which is why this character may not, may or may not be a romance option. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Mary says she's like, uh, the character that was writing the dwarf from his name, Mary, she's like, yeah, not romanceable, because I don't do that, because she doesn't write romances. You would love Varric Majin, I'm telling you that right now. Um, uh, fair enough, Mary just, ha- uh, Mary just hates writing romances. I'm like, good that they, they don't all need to be romanceable ensuring there were character uh, companions who uh, reacted to each game's themes and uh, central conflict was the name of dragon age uh, from the start i fell in love with Baldur's gate 2 more than anything Laidlaw said seeing jahira airy and viconia or vicona i've never played Baldur's gate so i don't know how to actually pronounce character names represent not the complete but a definite very desperate elf experience i was like it'd be nice to do more of that we would talk about what kind of questions uh, are we asking the player in the game. Whether it's mages versus Templars or freedom and security or overreach of power or whatever kind of stuff was being dealt with. We almost chart like, okay, we need characters that represent different viewpoints on the on those. Having companions with differing opinions and all those issues left them free to also write companions who didn't stand in for a specific philosophy. The people who didn't have to care, as Laidlaw says, in uh, Inquisition, they form Team uh, Yellow, which is these characters uh, that I'm not going to name. And people are like, oh, whatever. Let's just kill shit, which is also valid, right? So just a little bit about how they ran their writer's room. It was the whole... Wow. Apparently, this was an 80-minute conversation that there was a recording of. I'm going to have to listen to that. Oh, wow. I'm gonna, really? I'm going to save I'm gonna save this. Wow. Yeah. So it, I just thought it was kind of cool how they talk about their writer's room and how they, you know, it's not one person writing multiple characters. Like, here, we just divide this up and split them. And like, here's, you write this character, I'll write this character. How would they interact with each other? Well, you just ask the person that's writing that character, you know, that type of thing. So it's cool. Like, and, and the, the whole thing that kind of came up above when we were talking about that book was like, who knows, who knows these characters better than the writers? Like, that actually write the characters in the game. Not the person that they just give them to a book to do that is a very bad book. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, or in my opinion, it's a very bad book. It seems to be in a lot of other people's opinions, too. Um, <laughs> but we can move on uh, from the gaming news, DT, and move into uh, the television news. I just wanted to throw that in here because I thought it was a cool discussion to have. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, let's move on to the TV news. No, that that is an interesting car. I mean, we could we could go on about fucking <laughs> that some more, but I yeah. So that's I feel like that's a topic for a whole other. It is. Day. All right. Well, let's move on then. Let's hit it. TV news, my friend. Tele television. 
television. So first thing we got here is that the Knuckles live action TV series is officially underway and the cast has been so months before the premiere of the very successful Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Paramount announced plans to create a live action spin-off TV show starring Knuckles. Over a year, over after a year of silence, we know the project is officially underway, as well as the cast that will bring the series to life. Sonic the Hedgehog director Jeff Fowler also is directing this series, and he tweeted the image of a Knuckles clapperboard complete with the character's cowboy hat that he donned in the 90s animated film Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Production is currently taking place in London, with Sonic the Hedgehog 2 screenwriter John Whittington serving as head writer and executive producer. Uh, the show is li- expected to premiere on Paramount Plus later this year, with Idris Elba reprising his role as Knuckles. Uh, Variety also reports that... Uh, other returning stars from the films include Adam Pally as Wade Whipple, Tika Sumter as Maddie. Uh, the cast also includes Eddie Patterson, Julian Barat, Scott Meskety, and Ellie Taylor, as well as Rory McCann. Um, and we know that this series is set after the second movie, and but before the f- third film, which is set to release next year. Um, so yeah, I still haven't seen the second movie, but the first movie was actually like surprisingly pretty decent for like a like a video game you know movie. So I gotta I gotta check out the second one one of these days. I think probably within the next week I'll probably check it out. I'll I'll report back maybe like what I think about it. Cause like I said, I'm not even the biggest Sonic fan, but I I did enjoy the first movie. I thought it was pretty pretty decent, pretty solid for. Game movie. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched uh, either of them, so <laughs> I'm uh, I'm bad is what I am. What's next? Next up, we have a trailer for Star oh, Trek: yeah. Strange New World season two. I haven't seen this yet. I didn't watch I, uh, it either. I just I threw it in here. Save, I decided <laughs> to save my uh, my reaction for for you all here. Um. So yeah, let's let's give this a go. Let's let's we? let's hit it. All right. In three, two, and one, go. Oh, I didn't realize I had a fucking pre-roll. In the mystery and vastness of space, we've come together. So many crew members from so many planets, everyone on their own journey. Ready for some fancy flying, Erica? Oh, you know I've got this. James Kirk. You have an energy. What? It's making me sweat. Um... <laughs> okay. 
Klingons. Oh man. Leave your world behind because they're going to strange new ones. Always alone. Not on this ship. Through great wonders and great danger. The next great age of exploration starts with us. Are you gonna say your thing? Everyone in the chair has their thing. I would like the ship to go. <laughs> now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. All right, Spock. Never seen a revolving door before. I'm from space. All right. I'm looking forward to that. I love the first season, so I uh, uh, yeah, I, I like the uh, I really enjoyed the first season. Uh, it's about like the only Star Trek show that I watched, so I I enjoy it. I have fun with it. Uh, looking forward to seeing what they bring for season two. Uh, yeah, I uh, definitely am excited for that that's that's like coming out like sooner rather than later it's like Jan like june right yeah june 16th i think it said something like that it's yeah. june somewhere in june but yeah season one was pretty good if you guys haven't checked that out there's like a, there's even like a funny like D, &D type episode in it it's it's it's, it's cool it's, yeah it's and they're they're crossing over with the i think they're supposed to cross over with the animated series oh they are yeah with, uh, yeah, with uh, lower decks yeah lower decks and i watched some of it and it's pretty funny so, so that'll 15, be interesting I, I i see it again june 15th is when it's supposed to be coming out so yeah that's uh pretty soon i'm i'm like trying to i'm like trying to watch tv shows in the meantime to catch up on some other stuff i haven't seen before this and secret invasion and some other stuff comes out so right uh yeah Anyway, yeah, fun. Looks looks good. So definitely, uh, uh, you know, definitely be checking that out. Uh, anyway, all right. What's next? Next up, the creators of Stranger Things are studying a new supernatural series on Netflix called The Boros. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance creators Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews will serve as showrunners on the eighth. Eight episode drama. Stranger Things creators Matt and Ross Duffer are ramping up their next acts on Netflix. Ten days after announcing an animated series set within Stranger Things universe, Duffer Brothers have scored a series order for The Burrows, a sci fi drama from the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance duo Jeffrey Addis and Will Matthews. The project which was first announced last July as part of their nine-figure overall deal with the streamer, is based on an original idea from Addis and Matthews. The Burroughs takes place in a seemingly picturesque retirement community in the New Mexico desert, and like Stranger Things, revolves around a group of unlikely heroes who must band together to stop an otherworldly threat from stealing the one thing they don't have. Time. So, you know what this sounds like to me? <laughs> you want to know what this sounds like to me, Josh? Tell me. This sounds like to me like the Stranger Things guys are like, we don't want to stop doing Stranger Things, but our cast does. So we'll end the show. 
because everybody wants out, but we still want to keep doing it. So we're going to make another show that's almost exactly the same thing, fit in a different area. And because we want to keep this ball rolling of doing the same shit we've been doing. We're on, this, kinda, we're on this gravy train with biscuits wheels, baby. Let's go. <laughs> India, we're going from Indiana to New, New Mexico. Let's go. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. They, they I won't guess, keep doing man. it. Keep doing it. I guess, man. I mean, here's the thing. They're, regardless of how we feel about it, right? Like, they're making money. They want to keep making money. <laughs> sure. It's, it's, I, I just think it's interesting though. They want to keep kind of towards the same thing that they are like they did already, you know, maybe you figure like people they don't have another idea. <laughs> I mean, maybe not, but it's just like, I just feel like creatives, like whenever they're like, all right, we, we spent some time with this thing. We're going to do something completely different this time now, you know, or they but take a like, break no. for a while. Right. Like these guys aren't even yeah. going to like take a break for a while. They're just going to move right into the next deal. Yeah, so I that's the thing that I'm going to be curious about is how different is this going to be from Stranger Things because just based off of this, it sounds like it's damn near the same thing. So Yeah. I don't know. Gravy train with biscuit wheels. All right, then. All right, let's look at this next thing we have here. The next thing we have here is we have some casting news uh, for a couple shows. The first one is for The Wheel of Time, which I still haven't seen. I got to check this out as well. But see, The Wheel of Time Season 2 mm. cast adds Chiad and Bane uh, among four new recurring characters. Uh, so Danish model actress Maya Samuelson, Icelandic, uh, Icelandic actress and former Olympic swimmer Raga Ragnars, and Irish actor Jay Duffy, New uh, Zealand singer and actress-comedian Rima Tewiata in recurring roles for the hit fantasy drama's upcoming second season. The announcement was made during the virtual panel at JordanCon, which I don't know what I don't even know what JordanCon is, but it's a thing. For, for Robert Jordan, I guess. Oh, I guess, yeah. Uh, the author. The four will play familiar characters from, there you go, Robert Jordan's best-selling novel. So yeah, probably, you're right. Simonson and Ragnars will portray Kiad and Bane. I don't even know if I'm saying those names right, but that's... To be fair, not easy to say some of the names in Will of Time. Uh, <laughs> Kiad is a maiden of the spear with the stones of the stones river slept of the Goshian Ale, who is bonded as a first sister to Bane. Duffy will play Dane Borhald. Bornhald. A high-ranking officer of the Children of the Light, while Wiata plays Sheriam Bayanar, an influential Ace Sedai of the Blue Aja. Blue Aja. These names, bro. I, uh, I Sedai, Blue Aja. Uh, <laughs> the names are crazy. They, they are. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I haven't read the books or I haven't watched the show, but as somebody who has, what are you, what are you thinking? Uh, I wasn't crazy over the show. Um, it's okay, you know. Once you, if I get hung up on the book stuff, which I shouldn't, uh, I don't like some of the changes they made. But I let it go and just kind of watch the show for what it was. Uh, as for the casting here, it's been so long since I fucking did have gone th went through the real time books that. I don't even hardly remember. There, and there's so many characters <laughs> to keep track of, too. 
It's like, I don't even remember who's who anymore in, the, in these books, you know? Um, yeah, it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to check out. I, I kind of want to see what you think of the show, to be honest. Like, I would like for you to watch it, and I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think. At some point, it. there's 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 a lot to go through. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to catch up on stuff like right now, like literally as we speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm trying, man. Eventually, we'll get there. Um. We got nothing else to say to that. We got some other cast of news for another fantasy on. show. From one fantasy show to another, House of the Dragon season two has cast Alice Rivers and three more other characters. So, uh, Gail Rankin will play Alice Rivers, a healer and resident of Heron Hall. Uh, Alice is a witch who has mystical visions and becomes a powerful figure within the Targaryens' green faction. Rankin has previously appeared on other Netflix shows such as Glow. Oh, uh, I know who she is. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Talked without me. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, I just the realization of Josh was like, oh, that's who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, in Glow, I did. It's just hard to recognize. She looks different. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sheila the She Wolf. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then uh, S- Simon Russell Beale will play Sir Simon Strong, the cast the Castellan of Heron Hall and great uncle to Lord Lara Strong. Uh, uncle to uh, or great uncle to Lord Lara Strong. Freddie Fox will play Sir Gwen Hightower, the son of Otto Hightower, and brother to Queen Alicent. And uncle to her children, King Aegon, Queen Helena, and Prince Aemon. Uh, Abubakar Salim will play Alan of Hull, a sailor in the Valerian fleet who served in the Stepstones campaign. Uh, season 2 of House of the Dragon will be 8 episodes down from the 10 in Season 1. And uh, it'll be probably premiering sometime uh, next year. So there you have it. There's uh, that's some... exciting. I like that Sheila the She Wolf. You're gonna be in, in House of the Dragon. That's cool, man. I'm I'm glad she got another job after Glow and all that. So that's cool. I liked her. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that is our uh, that is our uh, TV news. All right, quick and easy. We can move on. What's our Speaking of quick and easy, our movie news movie is going news. To be just as short as well. So if That's you're ready fine. for that, let's hit it. All right. The first thing in the movie news is that we think, uh, or we have, I actually haven't seen this, but it's a really <laughs> short title reveal for the next Godzilla and Kong movie. Of the MonsterVerse. So let's check it out, shall we? So I saw this already. It was on Twitter, and I didn't realize what it was when I saw it until the end. Gotcha. I, I, I haven't seen it. I just put it in here, and I'm like, we'll check it out, you know, for the show. So three, two, one, let's go. 
Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. Man, I can't believe Godzilla and Kong got married. <laughs> hey man, it's 2023, bro. Anybody can get married, right? True. It's true. Also, yeah, fucking King Louis over there in the background looking mighty ominous, dude. He has no style. He has no grace. This cog will end the race. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the comments. <laughs> that, that just tickled I me. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bro. <laughs> That's funny. No. Uh, That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> lordy, lordy, lordy. All right. Moving on. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's it's an interesting name. I don't know what the you know the new empire, like, you know, King Louis about to cause a wreak havoc and and you know try to fight both Kong and Godzilla. Like I don't, how many how many kaiju are we gonna see in this movie? I don't know, but I kind of hope the vibe goes more towards like Godzilla twenty fourteen. But I don't know. The past few movies have been kind of eh, personally. Uh, anything else said or no? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just gonna DM you something really quick. Okay. But you can we move on to the next thing. Moving on to the next story. However, we got the uh, Ted Lasso's Juno Temple is landing a lead role in Sony and Marvel's Venom Three. <laughs> uh, with her hit Apple series Ted Lasso coming to a close, Emmy nominee Juno Temple looks to have found a major global franchise to follow it up with. As uh, sources tell Deadline, she is in a she's in negotiations to co-star in Sony and Marvel's Venom Three. Tom Hardy set to return, uh, with longtime writer Kelly Marcel taking over uh, directing duties. Um, Marcel and Hardy will produce. Uh, plot details are unknown other than Hardy is returning. Obviously, uh, otherwise, you know what the hell are they doing? But, uh, yeah, Juno Temple's been kind of busy with uh, lining up future projects now that Ted Lasso's kind of going to be over, right? Um, yeah. She's going to be in Fargo as well, which that's that's another show I need to watch, man, fucking Fargo. I've seen the Fargo movie, and it's great, but I have not seen the show, and it's like it's got like five seasons now, and I'm like, I've never seen I gotta, it. Yeah. I got I to gotta catch up on that shit, man. So, uh, yeah. Uh, she was also in the offer, and she had a pretty big role in that that little mini series about the Godfather that I watched. Mm-hmm. She has an American accent, in it, and it throws me the fuck off because <laughs> I saw her in Ted Lasso first. Yeah, no, it's a, I get you. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't say these these movies are the best. The Venom movies, they're they're actually not that they're they're not great at all, really. But. <laughs> Uh, I mean the the first one was kind of eh. It, it, I I say it's, this every time, but it's like it's a passable. '90s movie. Yeah. It's like a '90s movie in modern day is what it felt like to me. And I have yet to see the second one. That's probably another one I'll watch. I've, I mean, I've seen Morbius, so how how much worse can it get, right? I'll, I'll probably watch within the next week. Uh, Sonic Two, Venom Two, some of the movies I haven't caught up yet, and then I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I what I think about it. 
but they're not the best but you know we just you know we like to see people be like in work so you know good good, good for her um yep another thing we got here is that chris sanders is in final talks to return as the to return as the voice of stitch in the live action lilo and stitch so we've been getting a lot of casting news lately for the Lilo and Stitch live action movie. And uh, the original voice for Stitch is also uh, in negotiations to return for the live action movie, which I feel like makes sense, right? Mm. I mean, Stitch is probably going to be CG, so you know you don't really need an actor, like a physical actor there, so... Uh, you know, get get you the original voice, and and you'll be you'll be good to go. So this makes sense, uh, for them to do it. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, it'll only be a good thing. So, yeah, just crazy. The original movie came out like twenty years ago, man. That's nuts, dude. But that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Anyway, uh, the last thing we have here for the movie news is uh, we have a new poster for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah. That. It just Pretty dropped cool. like 40 minutes ago, by the way. So that's what I was that's what I was DMing DT. I was like, we want to show this? Let's show this. Because I like looking at posters. And I like Brand this poster. Freaking new. Yeah, this is like uh this is definitely one of those posters that that would be cool to own, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd like to have this poster. Yeah. Let's look at it. Put it on my imaginary wall because I don't have a lot of wall space. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Very, very cool. Cool post. Definitely, and I can't wait to see that movie, too. So. I can't either, and I'm going to the movies to see it because I did do the last one that regret it so much. And yeah, and yeah, I agree, Majin. It definitely looks like we're getting maybe a love story between Miles and Gwen in this one. Yeah. I love love. Let's go. <laughs> All right, man. That'll that'll do it for our, uh, for our not only movie news but our news for the week news is complete dt you need a break or do you want to keep rolling i could keep going i don't need one do you need one nah i'm good let's keep rolling let's 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 right, let's well, move let's, into it let's head on straight to it then uh it is time for the third season of the disney plus lucasfilm Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. So the season's now over. We've uh, been watching every episode week to week. I mean, I, I always watch every episode as soon as it drops. So I'm always like, I don't, I don't get spoiled by nothing. I watch it right away. Um, and yeah it's kind of crazy to think that the se the season's over now like we for the longest time we were waiting for this and then mm -hmm. now it's just it's just over oh. now we have now now the wait begins again the wait begins again man which kind of i don't know it kind of it kind of sucks but at the same time it's like well 
we had a season. We just we just saw it. We we had we waited before this one like what two years? Yeah, we had like a two year wait from from last one or three years maybe. I don't even know. It's, it's been a while, dude. But uh, yeah. I I hope they don't make us wait this long for the next season. Hopefully, the rumor is that they're supposed to be starting filming season four later this year, which I hope they do. Which means, which if that's the case, and that means we'll we'll get season four uh uh next year, right? Oh, but uh, yeah. So, how do you want to go about this, Josh? I know we always do the "did you like it or not" kind of deal at first. Um, do you want to do that? Start yeah, sure. Sure, we can do, do that. How do you feel All about right. it, DT? How do you feel about this season? You like it, love it? How What's do the I deal? feel about this season? I liked it. I enjoyed it. I uh, I would say that uh, there are some episodes that I feel like are stronger than others, which I was, which is funny because I, after the after the season ended, I like did a quick ranking of like all of the episodes like of, of this season, like from my favorite to least favorite. Mm. And then I rewatched a couple or I rewatched an episode a couple times and I moved my order around a little bit. So I'm curious if you have like, if you ranked the episodes at all. I sure didn't. <laughs> sure didn't. That's fine. I did. I, I, I I'll share mine. I'll sh- I'll share my list. You don't have to. You, you no, know, I'm, not, to. I'm not. Pu- I'm not putting you on the spot or anything. I'm just. I, I was will name off some of my all. favorites, but I didn't rank anything uh, when we yeah, get to just that like, part. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was just like, these are ones like I enjoyed for the most part the whole season, but there are definitely some episodes that I, you know, that I thought were weaker for sure. I know at least um, a couple of them. I think. But uh, overall, uh, I did enjoy the season. Um, I think people's rep- like are super exaggerated about like this season sucked and all that kind of stuff, you know, like some people like really did not enjoy this season. Right. Mm. I did. I'm you did as well. Right. Yeah. I, I won't say I loved it. I'll say I liked it. There's definitely like, and there are parts in it that I love like that, that I think are really cool. And we'll obviously get into those, Yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah. I I'll say I liked it. I, I I'm not gonna be like this is the worst thing ever. No, it's not. Like get out of here, man. Like, yeah. I feel like to a lot of people, if it's not the best thing ever made, it's the worst thing ever made. There is right? no in between yeah. for some of these people. There are no. They want to do extremes all yeah, the time. It's, all, it's, all, it's always extremes. If it's not the best thing ever made, it's the worst thing ever made. There is no like, this is this is good or or this is maybe you know, not so good, but it's not terrible. You know, it's like like. People are just always one end of the spectrum or the other. It's always one or the other. It's never the in between. Um, but yeah, I uh, I know we'll probably also talk about like how we compare this season to other seasons. But I think first we should actually talk about the yeah, season. Yeah, let's talk we'll, about then it. Then we'll, then we'll get to that point. So we had eight episodes this season. Uh, as we did for the previous two seasons, nothing has changed. It's been eight episodes every time. So we have, we started off with chapter 17, the apostate. 
Then we have chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. Then we go to chapter 19, The Convert. Then we go to chapter 20, The Foundling. Chapter 21, The Pirate. Chapter 22, Guns for Hire. Chapter 23, The Spies. And chapter 24, The Return. So those are our eight episodes from one to eight, starting from chapter 17 to chapter 24. Um, yeah. So what do you want to talk about first, Josh? Um, what should we talk about first? What do you want to talk about first? Like, do we want to go episode by episode? Like, or like, um, I don't know what 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 do you want to do first i think i think we'll just talk about i think we'll just start with like stuff that we like some of our uh i don't think no i don't think we'll, i don't think we'll do it episode by episode we'll just talk gotcha. about like like strong points of the season we'll, we'll okay start that's off fine with that. like Let's things do that. that like things that like stood out for you this season uh in particular that maybe were not in other seasons or just like maybe that were but just like they you know uh improved upon this season or just something that they brought back like like for me i could tell you that one of the strong things for me this season yeah highlights and low points exactly that's what we're gonna do first so for me one of the things that i really enjoyed that they did this season was that they elevated certain characters from season two that were basically like cameos in the second season that were like actually full characters this time around and one of them for me in particular was axe woves um yes they I agree really with this. they really like made him more of a character this time around because in the last season he was only in one episode i believe he was only in uh the the heiress which was season two episode three chapter 11 uh him bo katan and Casca reeves all appeared in that first episode for the first time in the mandalorian and it was like the big point was, oh my God, Bo-Katan's back and she's in live action at that point. And then both Casca and Axe are like her two like homies on the side that were like, yeah, I got backup, but they didn't really have much to do other than that. And then at the end of season two, the rescue, Casca was around, but Axe wasn't. So it's like, well, what the hell is he up to? And we just, we never knew what was going on with that, but then they came back in this season and they really like, he's like head of the fleet. He's got the light cruiser and he's kind of leading all these Mando Mandalorian privateers and he's got Costco with him, and everybody's following him basically. Yeah. So <clears throat> seeing him be more of a character this time around was great. Cause and a I mean, leader like before yeah, he's, he's just kind of a follower but in this season he got to be a leader for a little while and even yeah. he, he, i feel like he's a leader even after what happens happens you know like for sure for yeah. sure yeah so he's he's one of the ones that that i really uh that i really uh enjoyed seeing uh you know as as a, as a positive for this season Costco as well um yeah yeah his 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 delivery at, for mandalore at the end and then the finale was 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 great um just isn't just whole, his whole enthusiasm you know like even like we're gonna we're gonna from this point on we're gonna talk spoilers so if yeah you're here we we assume that you've seen the entire season which if you haven't what the fuck are you doing here come on but um 
like from his squabble with Paz, like they're they're playing like you know chess or whatever, right? And then like he gets they they get angry at each other and they they start going at it, and then like after that, when the bar just getting destroyed by that giant creature, and both. The two dudes that were fighting, Paz and Axe, lift Grogu out of there to safety. Like they worked it. Like they were just fighting a minute ago, and now they're working together to save the baby Grogu. Man, like that's mm-hmm. you know that's it's amazing. And then not only that, but also back you know sticking with Axe, like Bo-Katan challenged him to a fight. He fought her. He lost. He wasn't salty about it. He was like, "This is the way things are," and and like. When it was time in the in the finale, when he's like, Bo-Katan needs our help. You guys need to go, like go, like you need to go, like I'll I'll I'll, I'll stay here. Like everybody else, get out of here. Like he was, he's a real one, man. Axe is a real one, dude. Like everybody that thought Axe was gonna betray Bo-Katan could go fuck themselves, dude. I knew he wasn't going to. Like come on, like come on, that would have been too easy. Everybody's like, I don't trust Axe. Man, he was so cool. He earned a place on my Black Series shelf. Okay? I just got to get one. I'm looking at it right now on Amazon. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, I got to have an Axe now. Because he's so cool this season. And it, honestly, he's not even like... He's in the latter half of the season, too, is the thing. And it's like, he makes such an impression in the latter half. I'm like, this dude is fucking cool. Yeah. He's, I'm like I'm, I'm glad like much like you said that he got like a much bigger role this season like is a because I'll be honest in the in the in the in the when we first meet him it's just that one episode in, in season two I'm like who's this dude and he does pretty much nothing other than like they fight like on that ship and then that's it you never see him again yeah they yeah he does cool Mandalorian shit and it's like all right that guy was cool but I wish he was around more you know mm-hmm but this season, man, stabbed up like hardcore. You're right. Like that's really cool. Yeah. And like Costco still didn't get to do a whole lot either, but she she uh you know still had something. She was still I, I'm glad she was still around, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when Sasha Banks was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be in the next season, you know. <laughs> She's working. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that I enjoyed. Another thing I really enjoyed, speaking of continuing with character growth and, and, and stuff, the armor. Like, again, another character that people thought was going to be a traitor. Like, she went from being a character that was like, if you don't have your helmet on all the time, fuck you, to somebody that's like, all right, Bo-Katan, I, I realize that I'm set in my ways and you are set in yours. We come from two different clans. You are somebody who, you know, is a good leader and can lead us back to our former glory. And I know now this is true because you you claim to have seen a Mythosar. So what better a sign is that than it to be you, the, the one that leads us back, right? Mm-hmm. So she went from being like a, a cultist, like, you know, Again, like if you don't have your helmet on, like you know, fuck you kind of person to being like, all right, let's try and coexist and, and retake Mandalore and work together. You know, she much like Bo Katan realized that we need to work together and not, you know, stay apart because 
Bo Katan says it, man. The the biggest, the greatest threat to Mandalore is Mandalorians themselves, because they're always fighting each other. You know, it's true. And we know historically, Mandalorians ain't to be trifled with. They can they go up, they can go head head to head, toe to toe with Jedi and Sith, and they they're just badasses, man. They're some of the greatest warriors of, of all time. Um, so if you know when they're working together, they're damn near unstoppable. Um. When they're separated, you know, obviously we've seen the outcome <laughs> of, of what that could be. So, yeah. And, and, and yeah, Emily Swallow is fantastic. We never get to see her face in the show, but just like seeing her interviews and like seeing like she recently went to like a con, like um, in, co- in like full costume, like in the crowd of people. They didn't know it was her and stuff like that's she's she's great. Emily's great. Emily's awesome. Um. And then, obviously, want to give a, a another shout out to Tate Fletcher, who portrayed uh, Paz Vizsla uh, in in the show as well. He absolutely killed it. He did a fantastic job, um, being the biggest Mandalorian around, the biggest baddest man Mando around. And uh, yeah, I mean, fuck Paz Vizsla, dude, another character that um, had a lot of growth. It was, yeah, I mean, really, like, he went from, like, in Book of Boba and, 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 and previous seasons of Mandalorian being a guy that um, was somebody that kind of was always button heads with, uh, with Din Djarin to them being the dude in, in, who was like, you know what, I've had my differences with this man, but he saved my son. And I'm. We gotta help him out. When remember when uh, in the fifth ep- or the pirate episode when uh, they're trying to go help grief and the and Navarro and and uh, yeah, it's like another character that it's a shame we never got to see without his helmet. But um, what a what a what a what a cool what a cool guy, man. He and he goes out like such a badass too. Like it's, uh-huh. it's that it's that badass moment whenever you play like a. Like a like an art role playing game or like a video game or anything like if you're gonna have your character die, you want him to go out like Paz does, man, because that's 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 a badass way to go, dude. Like you take out a, an army of soldiers and troops, and the only way they can take you down is to bring out three Jedi level threats to take mm-hmm. you out. It's like that's that's the way to do it, man. That's the way. So as he said, this is the way, man. And he did a fantastic job, and 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 yeah, and like I said, Tate Fletcher, the dude under the suit, was uh was great, and um, the character was awesome. I'm very curious to see how Ragnar is affected by this. I mean, we didn't really get to see a whole lot like in the end of the season, because so that's a thing. But when we talk got... about the future, DT, I want to mention him again. Uh, okay, so don't let me forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just it's interesting because like at the end of the season, you know, we started the season with Raptar's baptism basically. And then mm-hmm. we end it with his baptism again because he didn't get to finish it because they love they love living on planets with a bunch of giant creatures, <laughs> right? Uh, and they keep getting interrupted. Um, but yeah, speaking of giant creatures, we got to see the fucking Mythosar for the first time in live action. Yes, which is that crazy. is a huge thing this season that I think like is not. I don't know. Like, like we didn't get to see the whole Mythosaur in its full glory, which I was mm-hmm. hoping for. Maybe we'd see in the finale after it being teased in the second episode. 
But like, I don't know, maybe eventually we will. But I just, I think it's just cool that like, there it is. It's, it's alive. Like it hasn't, like there hasn't been one alive and around for years, right? So I think that's still crazy and awesome that it's a thing. Like, you know, like a mythosaur is still here. Like that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a, a lot of, a lot of really cool things, man, that I could keep going on about. Like, I mean, another thing really quickly is we got to see fucking Zeb Aurelios in live action, dude, which he looks so good too, man. It makes me so much more excited for, uh, Ahsoka now that we know we're getting the, the rebels characters and that, and. We got to see him for the first, and he looks and he looks so good, dude. And and Steve Blum did like mocap and voice work again for him. And yeah, like as soon as as soon as he started talking, I knew it was Zeb. Because yeah. once you because when you see the character at first, you're like, it's a, definitely a Lasat, but that doesn't mean it has to be Zeb. But then when he opened up his mouth and started talking, nah, dude. Mm-hmm. Steve Blum's voice is is recognizable immediately. Like I know that man's voice. I've heard it too much. It's 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 way too recognizable. Um, you know, cause like he's wearing a blue flight suit and you're like, well, Zeb didn't really wear that. But since he starts talking, like I said, man, you know, it's him. So that was really cool. Adelphi bass was cool. I mean, the music that plays for Adelphi bass, Adelphi jukebox on the soundtrack. Very good. Very enjoyable. I love like Star Wars alien music like that. It's, it's great. Um, what else am I, uh, I'm trying to think of other things that I liked from the season. Um, oh, the foundling episode was dude, seeing more of the order 66 flashbacks and the temple and everything. Yes. Like when they showed us, like that was in the trailer, obviously that's that like scene there that we, so we knew we were getting more of that. But when they were in the temple and we see Grogu being defended by all these Jedi, um, when they mentioned get him to Keller and I was like, no, no way, dude. Cause I watched Jedi temple challenge, which is the like kids kind of, what was that Nickelodeon show? Temple, temple of the, whatever, whatever. Uh, I forget. The name uh, of it. I forget what it's called. Too, Legends, but I know Legends, of the, Legends of the hidden yeah, temple or something like that. That's it. The, Nickel, the Nickelodeon show from the nineties. It's basically that, but a star Wars version of it called Jedi temple challenge came out in 2020 on YouTube and I'm at best portrayed this character called Keller and Beck and to bro the fact that they brought that character from that show into like this show for the purpose of him being the one to save Grogu amazing I'm glad that Ahmed Best got to do that yeah it was cool seeing just that whole like cold like that whole scene I was in awe like I I think I rewatched that like three times after like I watched the episode like it was amazing. I, I can't, that was like to me the most rewatchable moment of the season. Cause I just love that. I think like I, I just rewatched the shit out of that, like right after it happened. So definitely, I think the most watched scene I had, I I saw this entire season and um, so cool, man, like such a cool thing. And, and again, just seeing Coruscant during operation nightfall and you know, just 
this that story's not even finished either because somehow Grogu has to go from being with Keller and Beck to our our Valaf Seven, you know. So there's still a story to tell there. We're still gonna get more flashbacks. Um, but man, we got to see him escape Coruscant, and that was that to me was amazing. Like the gunships and the V wings and the bark speeders and the shock troopers and the five oh like everything five oh first like it was so good. Love that. Um. Yeah, I think I would say that like every every episode this season had like a pretty good amount of world building. I don't know how you I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like every episode had like something that was pretty cool. Even even some of my least favorite episodes had like really cool yeah. world building in them. Yeah. Like it, like I have something positive to say about literally every episode. I mean, every episode may not be my favorite, but I yeah. feel like every episode has something that's really cool that adds to Star Wars, that world builds that I'm like that is awesome. They did that, you know. Yeah. No, so far I agree with everything you said. <laughs> so, that's why I'm not talking a lot. <laughs> like, well, hey, man, laying it you... out. You see, I agree. You know, like, uh, like I mean, yeah, go. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, go for it, man. I've, yeah, I've been talking a lot, so you go ahead and then and uh, speak on speak on some other stuff. You know. Uh, well, I, I, uh, I like a lot of what you said, obviously. Um, uh, but. The things I like are like the things that are like, like, I don't want to say deep cuts, but it's like, it's maybe not the most exciting parts. Like, like the episode with Dr. Pershing, I know everybody has issues maybe with that episode, but, and I, I don't think it's the best, but I really do like the, here's how they're handling reintegration and and recruiting these old Imperials into this new, the new Republic. And it's interesting to also see the, the new republic be kind of fucking stupid <laughs> at times because they definitely start making a lot of oh, uh, for sure. mistakes uh you get to see like the new republic is not, not as good as you think it is you know yeah exactly so i i i, I i'm glad that they include that in there i know that's not like a a hot episode but like i think i told dt this so i would have i would have put that at like i put that as episode one i know people are gonna be like what why would you do that I would have I would have cut that episode like in half and put the Pershing stuff in the first half of the episode one and then we don't bring Mando into like halfway through that second episode that is episode one you know like that same way that happens yeah. in that first episode I would have done that a little I feel like like because then you get like you get that kind of out of the way and then at the end but I could also see like issues with that because people would be like man where's Mando at you know but yeah. I think I think it would have been interesting to do it that way. I think it would have been easier to digest personally, but I don't know. It, it's still like cool to 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 see it, like to to see the we're on on Coruscant, you know. Here's all these former Imperials, and they're just kind of most of them are kind of happy to kind of for everything to be over with and to try to reintegrate into society. And I don't know. For me, as a world builder, that somebody likes lore and all that stuff, like. That gave us a lot to work with because we, yeah, sure. we were just starting blasters and bandits right around that episode, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. Like, again, that episode also is not my favorite, but and it's and my issue with it is that it's super long and it's like kind of detracts from everything else. But I do appreciate like the again, the the, the Coruscant world building of how Coruscant is in the New Republic era and 
just how stupid the new republic is you know because eventually we know like we uh, unfortunately we know where the where the new republic ends um so they have to get to that point mm-hmm. um and yeah it just it um it's just it's just really nice seeing like this is how the new cuz like even even up like still we haven't gotten a whole lot on the new republic right Mm-hmm. But it's cool seeing like this is how they operate. This is what's going on. Yeah, they're stupid as shit, but this is just how they are, right? Yeah. Like, even Carson Teva is like frustrated with all that. Yeah, like it's always the bureaucrats, right? Like the boots on the ground, the soldiers, the pilots, like Carson, that are out there in that sea. Like they know, like the New Republic is being really stupid right now because they're they're the ones making the decisions. They're back safe at home. They're not out there seeing what's going on. Right, like, and if you don't trust your guys that are out there that do see, then you get exactly what the New Republic is getting right now, which is them being ignorant, them being like, "This war's over, we're reintegrating." Like, it's it's like, come on, no, it's not. It it you know how you are in a vast galaxy. You think you could stamp out something as large as the Empire? Why? Because you you fight a few battles and whoop their ass a few times. You think you stamped it out completely? Nah, dog. You're being arrogant. You're doing the exact same thing again. Come on. But that is yeah. what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another so, thing yeah, again, that I... Just, yep, sorry. No, just again, yeah. Just to recap that, like, the, the all the, like, even just, like, going around Coruscant, like, going to, like, the, the the highest peak and, like, getting the photon fizzles that they were eating. Like, like stuff like that is even just cool additions to, like, adding into... Coruscant and 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 just the New Republic and all that. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I was just gonna say another thing I like just about the season as a whole is just the the uh, the closer view on the Mandalorians as a as a whole as a unit. Like because obviously in the previous seasons we're always with Din and and Grogu for the most part. And this season is like we're seeing like a wider view of like. We're seeing the foundlings train. We're seeing the Mandos train. We're yeah. seeing them. We're seeing all of their mixed armor. We're seeing how they interact with each other. We're seeing how they interact with Bo when she comes back after being in the water and she's kind of accepted into the to the the clan kind of and and they were welcoming her like immediately and it's like you can even even though she's got her helmet on you can see in her body language that it it offers her some comfort to be accepted by a group again right. Uh, uh, another thing I really like this season is we got R five, we got a legit droid rolling around yeah, from like the old days, man. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that that one is uh, that one is that's something I forgot to mention when we're talking about characters' growth, like axe and armor. Like, <laughs> R, dude, R five goes from being the droid basically in a New Hope that has a bad motivator. Mm-hmm. That like they give like give up on in favor of R2 to like completely being an actual like character that is like doing stuff. Like yeah. in the finale he has a big part. He R5 fucking rats out the, the Mando's location. <laughs> oh yeah, the Carson, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. Like I, I, there's like, somebody I'm, here surf with you. I'm, yeah, <laughs> somebody from my ranks is here among with you. Oh man, 
And everybody was like, who was it? Uh, I watched reactions for this, that episode and everybody's like, who was it? Is it Bo-Katan? What's going on? And then R5 comes rolling out. And he's like, thanks, R5. I love that part so much. <laughs> yeah, that, that part's great. I love that. Uh, uh, what else? Um, I know a lot of people have didn't really like the the plazier stuff. Like some people had issues with that episode. Oh, guns for hiring, I, yeah. I I I liked the the little buddy cop thing that was going on. I thought it was fun, you know, like. No, well, for that episode, for me, I also really liked the uh, the world bomb. building. I think plazier is a is a cool looking planet. It basically reminds me of like space Epcot, you know, like Florida. <laughs> yeah. Like that's basically what it is. But like, even the like just going around and uh uh like going to the droid bar and like seeing these old battle droids being like how would battle droids from like two wars ago be in a society where everybody relies on droids you know what i mean which this episode had a lot of cameos too. Like we had obviously Jack Black and Lizzo. Dude, one of the biggest surprises to me was the fact that fucking Christopher Lloyd was a Count Dooku fanboy, bro. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this man mentioned Count Dooku by name. He mm-hmm. name dropped Count Dooku. Like this man was around. He was. He's yeah. He was a. He was a, probably a separatist, dude. Like during the Clone Wars and shit, dude. It's like that is insane, bro. And then, yeah, all yeah. the while we get to see, like, you know, the good, like you said, the good cop, bad cop between Din and Bo-Katan. And, and just, like, she's like, she's giving him shit for, like, you know, fucking with the droids too much. And, and, it, and oh, yeah. Like, he straight up football tackles a fucking droid through a window, dude. A, a B2, a B2. Yeah, he, like, trucks a B2 battle droid out of a fucking window. I was window. like, God damn, son. <laughs> I like that episode. Yeah, uh, it, it 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 may not yeah it may not be like my favorite, but I, I I don't I don't know it's like I said there are things that I enjoy from it and some of that stuff I do enjoy yeah I think it's in a bad spot I think you get kind of hyped up for what's coming next and then you get this kind of slowed down mini adventure that kind of happens and then back toward the end of the episode we get the fight with with Axe and and Bo. And that shit's exciting, right? We're back on track. Um, yeah. uh, so I think it suffers from like, it's just kind of in a bad spot, but I don't know where else to put it because like, yeah. So uh, the, the other thing is that I really do like Majin saying in the chat, I really do like the mutual respect and, and getting to know each other that Din and Bo have over the course of this season. That's like, you like you see it from like the early episodes to 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 the end like they go from like casual acquaintances to really good friends like it feels like in in some ways so uh i know i know a lot of people are like shipping them i don't i don't think it's a shipping thing i just think they have a really i think i just think they yeah, understand no. each other really well and they, yeah. like you ever have like 
really good friends that just kind of get you on another level that some people maybe don't like truly do understand you. I've had a few of those in my life. I don't think it's like a romantic interest any in any way. I could be yeah. wrong, but I don't think I am. Uh, but it, it definitely to me feels like just they there's a very much like they understand each other. They've come to understand each other over the course of this season, and there's a very very strong mutual respect between the characters. Yeah, I think a lot of people are thinking that way because, like, we, she's basically like one of the three main characters this season, mm-hmm. and and uh, well, the three main characters to me this season are Din, Grogu, and Bo-Katan. And she's around a lot of the story this season. She's like, like each season we have like main character Din and Grogu are like the main characters, but like in season two, Boba was a big character, right? He was a big focus of the story. Season three. Bo-Katan's a big character, so like, she's the one this time around, and like, we're and like, we knew that we were heading towards restoring Mandalore and reclaiming it and all that. So we, we, I mean, it makes sense that she would be a, a big character, right? And the whole mm-hmm. dark saber stuff comes into play, and you know, at the be- it's crazy how at the beginning of the season we start out with Din having it again, and he never really wanted it to begin with. Yeah, he never place. fucking wanted it. Anyway, so thought, to me, it's always interesting seeing people being like, uh, uh, oh, man, you know, wh- wh- you know, why does he still, you know, suck with this thing? And then why does he like, you know, they gave it he gave it away too much or he didn't use it that much. It's like, I mean, every time he used it, like, yeah, it was cool. Like, I like I like I, I, I would have liked to have seen him use it more, too. But like every time he used it, he struggled with that shit so bad, dude. Like, I think. In the second episode, Minds of Mandalore, before he gets captured by the eyeball droid thing, he uh, he's still swinging it heavy as fuck, and like he like stabs a couple dudes, and like, I mean, he has trouble using it. Like he has trouble swinging it. The min the second Bo-Katan picks it up, like nothing, dude. Swinging it around. And obviously, we've seen her use it before, so we know she can use it. She's used it. She's though she was obviously the 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 better choice between the two to have it. So I don't understand people being like, you know, having those criticisms or complaints. I think it, it comes from them, from him losing the spear too in the previous, mm-hmm. uh, in Bo- Book of Boba, I think kind of comes into where it kind of starts to feel a little bit like, well, they're taking all the cool stuff from Din, but I don't, I don't get that because he's a Mando. He already has a bunch of cool stuff like and he didn't. Yeah. And I don't have issues with him giving up the Darksaber because he didn't want it anyway. So uh, to begin with, uh, I did. I was kind of bummed when they took away the spear because I like the spear. I thought the spear was cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I mean, I was but, bummed out when they took away his rifle, bro. His fucking in season yeah, two. That's, Remember his, that's the other his, thing. That gun's his gone. Yeah. rifle. He dude, he's lost the Razor Crest, the rifle. The spear, the dark saber, fucking. Here's another thing. At the end of the at the end of the finale, or actually no, in 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 the seventh episode, when he gets captured, they strip his gear away. Right? They take his weapons and his jetpack. Is that gone? Does he does he have that again? I don't remember if he had it again at the end of the of, of the of the episode. I don't remember the finale. But he he lost some of that stuff because I remember he was using some of the Beskar troopers' uh, weapons. But you know what? And- that episode proved to me. He doesn't fucking need any of that shit. He's just throwing he hands. <laughs> and like the yeah. hallway fight scene that happens at the end, he's just 
He's killing these dudes and taking their shit. He doesn't need anything, <laughs> which is kind of funny. It's like the only thing that held him back was his weapons, apparently. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, uh, and I don't hate that. I thought it was cool, him whooping ass and taking guns and shit. But it is kind of funny that it's like he keeps losing all this stuff. And it's like the stuff is like what's holding him back. He's just... Throwing hands, throwing legs, throwing kicks. Like, he's just whooping ass barehanded. Yeah. Uh, he's a very he, versatile yeah. fighter, man. He can just pick up a weapon and be like, I, I can use this. He is the fucking weapon. Like, you yeah, know, straight like, up. I mean, honestly, that's how, like, that's how I mind how every Mandalorian is. Like, right? every Mandalorian is, like, skilled to a point where they can just, like, pick up anything and be like, I can whoop your ass with this. Right. All the weapon is is an extension of what you already are. Like, like the Mandalorian is the weapon, and anything else that they have is just you know added to that. Um, but yeah. Plus, uh, uh, but one other thing I wanted to add on that is like everybody always talks about what he's losing, but remember he has gained the most important thing you could ever gain—a force-sensitive little green baby that hangs out with him all the time and has force powers. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that's like having a cheat code with you sometimes. I mean, uh, <laughs> and people are going to be like, well, what do you mean? He was already with them. Here's the thing. Like he was up until this point, we had been trying to get him to Luke or, or get him to his people or get him to somewhere. Right now. This is his son. He's adopted him. Like they're going to be like, when I first watched the finale, I was kind of not as strong on it because I'm like, they kind of wrapped up everything super nicely. And, and, and like, I don't know, it, it was like, it wasn't as a bombastic of an ending as like, you know, I think in my opinion, season one or season two, but like, they don't all need to be that way, you know? Like when I first watched that was a little bit like kind of not as I wasn't as strong on the ending, but as I, I've rewatched it, of, of, I've rewatched the last episode a few times now specifically. And I think like, and I even watched episode seven and eight now as well. Like, like back to back, like as one episode. And I think it flows really well as one long episode. So when you look at it like that, I would recommend anybody who doesn't feel as strong on this finale, watch the last two episodes, like back to back. Like, or even if some, I'm, I'm sure somebody on YouTube or somewhere has, or maybe not YouTube, but somewhere on the internet, somebody has probably merged and edited these two last episodes into one long super cut episode. Watch it like that. I feel like you'll change. Maybe you'll have a different perspective or change your mind on it because I certainly did. Um, I didn't hate the episode, but I just wasn't as like, I was like, oh, they ended it kind of a little too nicely and they wrapped it up and like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this feels more like a season finale or a series finale more instead of a season finale. And I think, I think this is, this is going to be a little bit of speculation on the future. I don't know if we should save it for towards the end, Josh, but, um, we're actually, we'll save it, it towards for the future. Talk. Yeah. Whenever you want to talk about it, it's fine with me. So no, no, no. we'll save like, it. But, I, but I have thoughts on why that is, um, but, but I anyway. just wanted to, I just wanted to add on to that. The, just because you said it is like, it feels like the end of the first book. And we're going to get a second book. So, like, yeah. uh, you know, like, I wouldn't even be surprised 
if like That's... the next episode they say is like chapter one for the next season you know again like it starts over like a new book kind of deal you know? so that's that's but, that's since we're talking about it that's basically what i was gonna say is like mm. this feels like the end of this like oh like grand story arc of like din grogu taking him to here and there and now he's like fully adopted him and everything so i think this is a little bit of speculation on my behalf is that next season we're gonna have a time jump um, how big of a time jump? I don't know, but I feel like the way they wrap this season up feels like this is the end of this particular, uh, like, like the whole Moff Gideon stuff. Like, I mean, they even set it up in the finale when Din was like, you know, if we don't end this now, he's just gonna keep hounding us. So we we gotta do it now. You gotta be you gotta be brave. We we, we gotta take his ass out once and for all. I think and like, you're we, right. And, and we did get a conclusion to a lot of things. Like, even though the Dr. Pershing episode wasn't the greatest, it was a little bit longer and all that stuff, that, you know, when you think about it in the overall grand scheme of things, like Gideon and his clones and the threat of Gideon over the past three seasons and the whole, his whole, like, personal agenda plan end game that he had been leading up to was was that and um for a while there i was thinking well what if gideon survived again because like he was wearing a really particularly strong suit of beskar which is he called it the new like the the newest dark trooper armor right Mm-hmm. Which is like Beskar plus like some kind of mechanized stuff that was. I mean, it was basically Mando and a Beskar and a, and a Dark Trooper put together is that armor. Yeah, and he was gonna have all his clones, which are you know the reason why he took the blood from Grogu and everything was because he wanted to make his his own Force sensitive clones, and he wanted to put them into suits and you know, I would imagine he seemed very Gideon. I'm talking about. Seemed very like, yo, fuck Thrawn. He's not even here, dude. Like, why are we talking about this bozo? He's not even here, man. Like, I'm here. We're here. We need to stop talking about that, dude. Until he comes back, I don't want to hear nothing about him. Like, he he seemed to me like he didn't give a fuck about Project Necrom. Like, he even said to Hux, he's like, you're the one concerned about clones, not me. When obviously he was lying. But, like, what I think he meant by that is... He doesn't give a shit about Palpatine and 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 the whole like bringing back all these guys from from either like Palpatine from the dead or Thrawn from wherever the hell he is, right? He's like, we're here. We need to focus on what we have right now. Like, we need a change in leadership, and that change in leadership is gonna be me. So I feel like he was trying to set up like him being like the new emperor or or you know the the new big the big guy in charge, right? Basically, because he like didn't really give a shit about any other stuff, so. I feel like the threat of that and everything is I feel like it's over now because while I'm kind of a little bit disappointed with Moff Gideon and the fact that here's here's my big disappointment with, with Moff Gideon. Giancarlo is a fantastic actor, right? Mm. We all know this. We've seen him in many things. But my issue with the character of Moff Gideon is that they always save his character for the fucking end, dude. 
Yeah. Why don't they introduce him earlier in the season? Why why are they why is he always in the finale, dude? Like he's he always appears in like the last two episodes of each season. It's like we the whole thing of like him escaping New Republic the, the New Republic uh yeah, baby agrees. But like the whole the whole the whole like him escaping the Lambda shuttle and being rescued by the Beskar troopers and everything, like how long was that for? Like I, I just I don't know, man. Like some of the stuff with Moff Gideon kind of is like it, it annoys me because I wish they would have shown him more instead of being like the guy they save for the finale each season. That's one thing is 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 that kind of kind of annoys me with with that character. Like like if he's truly truly dead. Like here's the thing, I could see them bringing him back, but at the same time, it's like doesn't that kind of undermine everything we've done already up until this point? So I'm like really conflicted about his character because I w- I wish we would have seen more of him, but at the same time, I think it would be a mistake to bring him back after killing him, you know? So I'm a little conflicted in that because, again, I wish he, he they would have shown him more, but they also kind of essentially killed him off now, so they can't really do nothing with that unless they somehow were like, he had really cool Beskar armor and he survived the fire and, you know, he's, he's still around. But... At the same time, the other argument is with that is like Grogu had to put a force bubble around Bo Katan and Din for them to survive. So I don't know. It, it's I'm a little conflicted on Moff Gideon, but I wish they would have shown him more. But uh that's that's kind of my thoughts on that. I um, agree with you. Like he had to be cooked in that fucking armor, right? Like how he resistant is it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like I would have liked for him to have been around more and I would have liked to have seen him do more. But like at this point, it's like just keep him dead, man. Like and then here's the other thing. People are going to be like, oh, he made clones. Maybe the guy that burned was just another clone and he's back. He'll be back somewhere. And and they, I feel like they did that shit on purpose, man. Just to be like he could he could still be alive and he, he still, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that it's like really that's man, a little bit like, of a that's a cop out <laughs> it is it is it's like it's like on, when do dude. stakes matter you know like when when do they matter yeah uh, which speaking of stakes it mattered with fucking paz man yeah that was that was great uh um, to since you you already talked about your time jump one of the things i was gonna uh say on that was like i agree with you that i think there's gonna be a time jump and i wouldn't even be surprised if we like they really spent a lot of time building up, not not a lot of time, but a, a decent amount of time with like the character of of Ragnar Vizsla, right? So they're like, here's this kid, he gets kidnapped by the big giant thing, and we save him, and that one's Paz over, and then like he's kind of training with Grogu at one point, and then uh, Paz makes the ultimate sacrifice. Like, I think I feel like if they do a time jump, that c- character will age up a bit and they will focus on him maybe a little bit more, you know? And mm. I wouldn't even be surprised if like, you know, if him and Axe, Axe are like homies, you know, like, like maybe yeah. Axe is training him. Maybe him and Grogu are homies. Like there's so much you could do with a little time jump right there that yeah, it's like, if they don't do that, I'm going to be disappointed that you had such a, a good, like, feel on a time jump right here and it doesn't happen i'll be so disappointed that they didn't do it if it doesn't (laughs) it it just makes a lot of sense with the way they wrapped everything up so nicely and tidy and stuff it's like all right moff gideon's out of the picture they reclaim mando and also another reason for this is because 
I would love to see what Mandalore looks like after the Mandalorians have exactly. been there for a while, you know? Like, it, mm-hmm. just, it just makes sense for them to do a time jump here uh, in many ways. And then, like, you know, Din's going to be working for the New Republic now for a little bit, you know? So that'll be, you know, interesting to see how that goes. And and it just, it just, like, it just feels right for me to, for them to make a time jump, you know? Um, cause it just, the way everything was wrapped up. Um, uh, so yeah. So yeah, like I, I, I want the time jump to happen. I'm going to be, I'm going to be sad if it don't happen a little bit. Cause I was like, man, there's so much that would have been cool. Especially because it. like the first three seasons have been all taking place in this, within the same year. Mm-hmm. Like all of this has been like consecutive, like back to back to back to back. There has been no time jumps at all. Um, so I feel like this would be a good place for, for a bit of a time jump, um, for them to do. I agree. I agree with you completely. I'm like, yeah, if especially the way it ends is how it feels. It just feels that way. Yeah. Again, they, to a lot of people, it seemed like a series finale, which to me, I just translate as they're ending this three season arc that we've been on. Exactly. This whole, this journey that we've been on for the past three seasons has all been taking place in this short amount of time. And we've been dealing with Gideon and, and trying to get Mandalore back and the Mandalorians reunited. And, and now we're, you know, going to be moving on to other things, which I assume are going to be like Din and Grogu going on adventures again, kind of how it was in the first season, the second season. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm actually I'm like really really curious about the where they go from here, you know, because obviously we know there are other shows connected. The Book of Boba Fett is also connected, um, and Ahsoka's gonna be connected, um, but yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I I, I like the season. I, I I enjoyed it. I, I I do have some criticisms here and there, which we'll get to here in a minute. Uh, well, we actually we can get to that. We can get to the. Maybe negatives or, or criticisms or not so positive stuff. If you if you have nothing else to say about positive no, wise, we can we can move on. Let's move on to like some of the things maybe we didn't like about the season. Then. Okay, so I will go ahead and start off with one big big one that I think has to do with Book of Boba Fett and this and and mine is I really 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 wish that they hadn't reunited Grogu and Din. And gave him his N1 in the Book of Boba Fett. I really wish they would have done it this season. Mm. Um, because not only would it have been more time in real life, but I guess also in universe too. Um, although I suppose him getting this... I mean, if anything, the ship is more of a minor thing. I think the reuniting is something that I wish... Mm-hmm. would have taken longer because it just feels like it would have fit better here and it would have like some of the criticisms we have about some of these other episodes if we had gotten that instead of here imagine if we had gotten that like some of the book of boba fett stuff this season instead of some of the other stuff like it would have been some so much better of a season i feel like but i guess that's something that is a a thing that I can't really complain about because like we already like it's it's not a part of the season at all. It's just something I wish that would have happened. But um 
Yeah. Uh, in terms of like the actual season, I think that my right off the bat, I really enjoyed the first two episodes, but then going into that super long ass third episode that has like basically nothing to do. Well, I mean, not nothing to do, but like, here's a bit of Mando and Bo-Katan at the beginning. Long ass episode of Pershing and Kane. Then back to Din and Bo-Katan at the end. Um, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a compliment shit sandwich. Here's something good. Here's a little bit of shit. Here's some more good, you know? Although I don't think it's fair to be like, this is shit. I don't think it's, it's a yeah, little bit it's more, shit. It's just, it, but it's just not as exciting. It's, it, it, it it's not even that it's just the fact that like it took too long like it was too long like it's the longest episode of the season and this is what you put it for like like i don't i don't know i don't think it needed to be as long as it did like some of that stuff i feel like you didn't need to go out and and show and talk about like i don't know about you but i feel like for me at least i knew that alia kane was was not gonna be a goody two-shoes all of a sudden yeah like you 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 could know that there was she was still up to some shady shit so for them to be like oh she's good now we're trying to prove to you that she's good now for an hour and then like at the end she betrays him and like basically i mean i i don't know if he's dead or not by the end of that episode but his brain is probably dead you know what i mean yeah so it's like you kind of we knew where we were going, basically, if you're paying attention, but you just decided to get to get there in a, by going through a lot of time that I didn't think I didn't feel was necessarily what you needed to do there. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of. Again, I said in the in the stuff that I did like that I really liked the world building and the the New Republic stuff and. And all that was was cool, but I just I feel like it, it took too much time. Like we didn't, if they cut it a little bit more, would have been better. And maybe like, don't do a book of Boba Fett and and not like, you know, put the main character in his own show for like five minutes total screen time. That would have been nice. Um, so that's probably my, like one of my bigger complaints episode wise is that one. I just. It's not not that I not that I didn't like it again. It's just I don't know. It, it I I'm really like conflicted with that because it's like I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. Like mm. they they just I don't know. Again, all, all I can say is they really should have uh, just cut it and and like not focused on the uh you know a character that we knew was gonna be bad. And acting like, oh, they've actually changed, you know? Yeah. But, I think uh, one of my yeah. criticisms, if I can fit in in here, because I think it kind of has to do with yours a little bit. I mean, yeah. It's like, yeah, um, it. like in the first season and second season, we have this like lens, right? We got this lens kind of like this, like oh, I got my hands, right? And it's really focused on these two things that are happening. This season suffers from an expanding lens, right? It's like it's bigger. And the thing that happens when you zoom out and get bigger is things get lost in the details a little bit. So, yeah. like, I think, and I, and it's a criticism, yes, but I don't think it's a, a giant knock either. It's just like, 
I like how that, that those first couple seasons were really tight, really uh, well managed, really oh, well. Uh, you know, the whole deal is just a tight story that they tell. And then this story in season three just got it just got bigger. And that is both a good and a sometimes a bad thing. Like you, we got a yeah. lot of good from it, but we also got like a lot of bad from it. And so not a lot of bad, but we got some bad from it that we m- might not normally have. Uh, have gotten if it was more focused um, and I lost what I was fixing to say uh, so we got like the cool part which is like here's a bigger focus on the Mandos and here's Bo-Katan coming in to, to uh, and being like a, a co-lead of the of the season or of the series for the season and that's all cool but we also kind of have to build the we got to make room for this other stuff that's going on. We want to fit in, like, here's what the New Republic's going to... Having issues, and this is why they're kind of not going to respond to this Moff Gideon threat. So we got to build that in an episode a little bit. And we build some of that in uh, in that in that, in that that season with... Uh, sorry, in that episode with Dr. Pershing, episode three. And uh, so I think it's just, like, a suffering of just having a bigger scope as a whole. Yeah. So they, they, they... That episode feels like... I don't know. It almost feels like you could cut it out in some ways, but I wouldn't want to no, because I, I like it, but... That's what I, I've been I like saying. Parts like, of like, it. like I, I, again, I like the world building and, and that kind of stuff, which I, I think is really cool, but it, it, I guess it is a slippery slope, right? Because like you, you try to... like The overall scheme of things is, is in here too, but mm-hmm. like you suffer from being... Like focusing on the main... I don't know. It, it's... It's 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 really hard, man. But I feel like, th- personally, I feel like there is some stuff in there that you could cut. Like, I think when um, you're meeting, like off the top of my head, when when they're when they're me, when uh when Pershing after Pershing is done with the his whole speech at the opera house, and he goes to like the apartment buildings for all the people who have like you know all the former Imperials or whatever. And there's like a table of people sitting down and they're all like, blah, 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 blah. like you could have cut that. Out. I didn't need that. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't need, I don't need to hear from these guys. Like you, you sure, could cut it, sure. but yeah, but I think I like, no, you go ahead. You continue. And then I'll, I'll I was, saying, something onto that. I was going to say the only thing that that scene is for really is like to introduce that Elia Kane is also in the same like housing structure. Oh, you're talking about that. He isn't. And it's like, well, you could have just done that another way. I didn't need to hear all these other dudes be like, talk what'd you about, like? You know, what'd you miss? You know, what, what, yeah. What do you miss from, you know, the fucking, the cookie biscuits and, and the fucking, whatever <laughs> the fuck, like how, who cares, dude? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't really need to see all that. Like, so for I me, there are parts like that, that I, I don't, I didn't really need. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I thought you were um yeah. talking about the part where they're at the opera house and then he talks to the dudes and, the, the 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 like higher up people. Oh no no I no! no I like about that. that part because no, no, that part no, was like cool that. to me. No no, I was like, I like Daniel that. didn't like that part. I thought that part no, was no, neat. No 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 no. <laughs> that part I, I did like. I, I see what you mean because how how I worded it, but no no. Yeah. I mean like, what after he takes the taxi with the droid and goes to the, yeah. to the yeah, housing okay. Yeah I got you now. I got you. Yeah I know. I I'm picking up what you got now because I'm the same way as you. I feel like you could have trimmed that out. You you may not necessarily have to cut it, but you could definitely trim it down. 
a bit. It's like just, that part just seemed kind of unnecessary. Like, yeah, it, it 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 mentioned the fact that he likes the the cookies, which is how she wins his trust over or whatever. But you should have done that another way. That I don't really give. Like, I don't. Who are these these other Here, guys that Daniel? You want cookies? Do you trust episode? me more now? Let's go. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but know? is it is is it a yellow imperial? Biscuit cookie though. I don't know. It's a little, it's a little. I don't know. Far fetched. A little. It's a little anyway, weird, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that part. No, I like the part where he's talking to like the pompous ass, like yeah, and they're Coruscant like whichever, fucking, and they're so. He's like, oh, the Empire, uh, the Republic, the rebels, means, means nothing to me. It's the same, no, right? Can you can you imagine me serving? Yeah. Yeah. Like fuck. Like shut up, man. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, um, stuff like that is what I would have been like okay with them not you're not including in the episode. And then, um, yeah, what else? I'm trying to think. What other like maybe negatives or not some positives? I mean, I think another negative for me this season is just the episodes are too short, man. Oh, yeah. too damn short. Uh, and and again, they made the longest one. I'll be honest with you, the the co- the convert was my least favorite. Uh, and hey. and the reason why this might be a bit of a contradiction, but because it's too long, I just wish they would spread the wealth to some of the other episodes. Like make instead of making that one long ass episode, fucking sprinkle in some time into the other episodes a little bit here and there. Make them all more the kind of the same length instead of being like, here's one that's an hour long and here's one that's half an hour and here's one that's 40 whatever minutes. And I just wish the I just wish the times were more consistent. I know I was listening to the interviews. Uh, I was listening to a Dave Filoni interview and he's like, yeah, we kind of like to do it a little bit more like, uh, like quick and like, you know, what is like necessary and, and whatever and stuff to kind of fit the action and everything. But I'm like, man, I just, like that's that makes sense but at the same time it's like i feel like you could some of these episodes feel like they're a little uh what's the word they're a little uh sped up like they're 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 rushed like we have to get through these things within like a certain amount of time it feels like you know Mm. um whereas like i felt like in the third episode it's like here's a super long episode that i feel like could have been shortened um so yeah, and then yeah, Majin brings up another thing that like we we didn't get another. This is the first season we don't get a helmetless Din Djarin, so we don't get to see Pedro actually. Because I mean, I'm sure people know this by now, but he a lot of the time Pedro is not even the one behind the suit. It's Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder. Like those, are, if you're talking about the Mandalorian, I think those guys are more of the Mandalorian than Pedro is. Like for being real, because all Pedro does is the voice really, and sometimes they bring him in to you know show. Up, put him in the suit but most of the time it's brandon wayne and latif crowder so um yeah i uh i would imagine that they didn't make him take off his helmet this season because he was busy filming other stuff maybe yeah pedro like the last very, of us and all. he's a very busy guy busy so guy i would imagine that's probably why they didn't they didn't make him take off his helmet because i mean if they wanted to they probably could have you know Find find some other stupid reason to make him take off the helmet, but um. I know he said in the past he would really like to be in the suit more. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, a lot of the time he's really not in it. Like he he mm-hmm. does voiceover mainly. 
Um, so, yeah. I think it'd be cool to have him in the suit more, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, how often is he going to take off his helmet, you know? Really depends, but... um. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of other things. What else? What else? What else? I mean, I don't really have too much that I dislike. It's just like there are some things that I don't really feel as strongly about, particularly episodes three and six. Those are probably the two weakest ones for me. Yeah, I don't um, even disagree. I think those are like if it comes to me, I think I'm the same. And I think the issue with six, if I can just jump in here on something that I think is too much, is like, yeah, go for it. They have three cameos in one episode, and that is a lot, and it really does kind of take you out of it a little bit. Like as much, yeah, yeah, as much as I like everybody involved in it, it's like when they appear on screen, it's like, oh man, Jack Black, oh man, Lizzo, oh man, it's it's you know, it's Doc Brown, you know, like it's it's hard not to break have your immersion broken because we're in it we're in star wars like and it's like playing a game it's like i get it like these are these characters but it's like it's such a surprise that it kind of breaks you out of it a little bit and it's not even like i hate the cameos i don't hate the cameos i just think they loaded an episode with too many you know like yeah i I, uh, I can agree with that yeah for sure like i i'm fine Um, with jack black being in star wars i'm fine with Lizzo being in star wars i'm fine with Doc Brown being a, a fucking separatist, you know, guy. Separatist Count Dooku fanboy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it, it, but it's just like, it's all in this I one was, episode. I was expecting him to have a bigger role. Um, Christopher Lloyd, that is, because mm-hmm. I remember before the season aired, like when the new, when like the the reports broke of him being in the next season or this season, rather. There was like talks of him maybe being like a Mandalorian warlord or something. And I'm like, yo, if that's who they get him to be, that'd be sick. But then he just ended up being just, you know, the character that he was. It's like, all right, well, that's cool. I mean, he's a, he's an old ass man, so he's not gonna be doing a, he's not gonna be doing anything crazy. And I wasn't expecting him to either. But just like, I don't know, I just thought I was just expecting him like to be something more than just like the crazy separatist dude that has a that has like a plan that like like what was even his plan, dude? Like he was gonna turn the droids against everybody there, and then and then what? Like, what, the, like what, what, what's your what's your end game, dude? I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a bully and like picking on an old man here, but it's it's not. This, some of his dialogue feels a little forced, and it, it's because he is an older gentleman. Uh, so I, I forgive it a lot for that, but man, it's really hard not to be broken out of it a little bit. Um, from that episode and i don't even hate that episode there's just i just feel like it's front loaded yeah with cameos um it's like we got all these people that want to be in mando this season we'll throw them all in one episode you know like it's like respectfully to all my friends it's like if i saw maj and sitting at a table eating a steak in star wars i'd be like i know that guy i know him (laughs) you know like i know that guy You know, or if a Mando took its helmet off and it was DT under it. I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, we would love to do that. But... I mean, hey, if, if they, if they want to make me a Mandalorian, bro, hit me up, bro. I, I will. I will. I mean, I, I I would love to be like an actual character. But I mean, hey, if you just want to throw me in like, like, hey, man, if if I look cool enough to get an action figure made after me, 
I'm all about it, bro. Let's 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 make it happen, okay? The 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 Filoni cameos don't bother me here because he's off to the side and he's not like a main focus, whereas the other the others are. And obviously, I know Rick and the and the other uh, directors are doing cameos too. Peter but like they're Ramsey, off to the yeah. yeah, they're off to the side talking. Like they're not like a main focus, so it doesn't break think... me out of it. I think the first time we saw a Delphi base, if you're not paying attention, if you're not like looking at them, you probably you won't notice them. But mm-hmm. I think in the finale, Dave is like so prominently there with his hat. You're like, oh, fucking Dave and his hat is there, you know. <laughs> but other than that, I don't think they're like super distracting. But I, I do, I do think Dave in the finale is a little distracting. Like here he is with his hat. Um, but yeah, the previous it. episode, I think he was just like, if you're if you're not looking at him, then you don't you won't notice him. But uh, in the finale, though, I do think, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, I was reading Majin's chat message. No, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of other negatives. And I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't I'm, have I'm, a whole lot to be I honest. I don't really like, have a whole lot. I have I have more positives. Like another thing I didn't even talk about was I love the pirates this season. Like Gorian Shard and and like his badass corsair like cruiser. Yeah, ship the ship thing. was cool looking. I really wanted that him to thing steal was it. Awesome, dude. <laughs> I I loved I love the like the fact that we got a new cool alien. He had a cool voice. He had a cool look. He looked like fucking Swamp Thing and Davy Jones and like I, I like Gorian, man. I was hoping I was hoping they didn't kill him, man, because I wanted to see more of him, but but the, you know, they they you know they did what they did and but I really like that and I you know Carson it was cool seeing Carson again with the you know him like going to warn the Mandalorians about the uh, Navarro and him being the one that found Gideon's shuttle, uh, you know with the best car and stuff and a lot of really cool stuff like seeing Bo-Katan with the with the dark saber in live action again was pretty nuts. Uh, um, the Anzillans. The and everything. We get the, an- the, the Anzillans. The, yeah, yeah, dude, the Anzillans. No, no squeezy. No squeezy. Uh, they were the fun to see. The, the booking. Yeah. No, no fix. The booking. Uh, yeah, I love seeing them again. They're always fun. Uh, dude, grief, grief, cargo being such a flex master that he needed to have two droids Ape carry droids. his, his yes. cape. Like, like so what good. a fucking guy, dude! This dude, um, his outfit's high, so cool he's a, too. He's a high <laughs> magistrate now, not just a magistrate. Um, but he still got the moves. Re- Speaking of Navarro, I really like the look of Navarro this season. Like, you can really see how much they've like upgraded it, and like how like them being there has really boosted the like just the the planet in general. Like, remember it was just like lava flats and stuff before in season one. Uh yeah, uh Vane did did escape. Vane. Yeah, Vane and I thought that he was gonna go back to the pirate nation and we were gonna get like fucking him talking to Hondo or some shit. I thought that was gonna oh, be like a post credits thing. I was like, I bet so that's what happens. Cool, that's what I thought was gonna happen. I thought that's what was gonna happen. I <laughs> I hadn't I didn't even have that. In, I didn't even put that thought in my mind. But now that you say that, I oh dude, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that right. Man. It's like you don't have to get it won't be long. You throw it in, maybe even as like a at the very end of the last episode. Bro, you don't even have to have it know, in the episode he disappears. 
You don't even yeah. have to have Shohan. You can just have his voice or something, man. Yeah. So so good. Oh man, I'm upset. I'm upset they didn't include that now. God damn it, Josh. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, man. I know, right? Uh, damn. Yeah, that was. Uh, but but also, I was gonna mention about Vane, the guy who escaped. He. During, so Star Wars Celebration was a thing while this season aired, and. They showed him in the footage of Skeleton Crew, so we know that Vane is going to be in that show. That's true. So he's going to be coming back for that, um, which will be interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, what else is I going to say? That like, I'm just trying to run through other cool stuff that happened this season, like those like flying creatures that they had to fight on on the planet where they had to save Ragnar that like gator croc turtle thing that they fought was really cool like when the Mandalorians are training that was dope uh I like all the cool monsters we got this season yeah I love creatures yeah the, uh, the the like aerial space combat like with Din and the N1 fighting yes. the pirates and stuff that was awesome, dude. We like, got quite a bit of space combat or just aerial fighting. Area, combat. Yeah, it was like it was like atmospheric and in space. It was awesome, dude. I loved it. Loved mm-hmm. it. The gauntlet doing work and speaking of the gauntlet, oh. just just all oh, dude, the tiny interceptors and the tie bombers blowing up Bo Katan's home and shit and like yeah, when they're like going after him and then you see a swarm of tie interceptors flying. That's another thing. I'll give them props for it. I'm I will give them props for using ties. Other than the basic ass tie, yeah, I'm glad they use interceptors and bombers because I'm sick of seeing normal tie fighters. I hope I hope that whenever we see Thrawn, we get to see tie defenders. Like I know in Rebels, they kind of mess with that project a little bit, but I-, I mean, come on, dude, a live action tie defender would be sick. Um, what else was I gonna say? Um. I'm just trying to think of other cool stuff that happened this season. Like uh, we already talked about R5, we talked about Carson, talked about Coruscant, Keller and Beck and the Jedi stuff. Um, just seeing the Mandalorians like united, like all these different types of Mandalorians, like the like the 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 children of the Watch and the Night Owls, and just everybody come together. Like you see all these different armor types and stuff. The fucking ship drops. When they drop out of the fucking ships and like swarming fucking birds, and that's, bees, a, fucking... That, that's what I was going to say is, is when we talk about the gauntlet, them dropping out <laughs> of the gauntlet. Oh my God. With the jet, that, that never got old to me, man. No, oh, I can cool watch every them, time. I can watch even the armor fly. I can watch them fly out of that the gauntlet, like fucking forever, dude. Just watching them mm-hmm. drop out of that thing is the best. Sure. Man, I love seeing the armor and Bo-Katan go ham on those fucking. That whole like, aerial fight that happened was so sick. We had never seen anything like that in live action until this point, because uh, I that we had only seen stuff like that in like Rebels and Clone Wars, man. So seeing that like in live action, amazing. And I love that they're there's they're Din is fighting uh, Gideon. And you can see him in the back fighting the in the swarm. Yeah, you know, like you can see it in the back there. I'm like, yeah, Axe being a hero, fucking driving the fucking shit starship down and all all that fucking shit. I was like, please don't kill Axe. I'm so invested in this character now. After everything that's happened, I was like afraid. 
Uh, yeah. I was like, don't I, do the uh, self-sacrifice play. I didn't think he was going to do that. I think it would have been foolish because, I mean, yeah, he's got a he's got a jetpack. You can fly out of there, dude. I never, you I'm, never know how they're gonna do these things. I'm glad, I'm glad they they did what they did because I think it would have been yeah a foolish mistake to kill him off. Um, yeah. I just that whole like battle, that whole fight scene in the last two episodes with the Beskar Imperials and the Mandalorians, just so good, dude. Which, by the way, those designs for the Praetorians and the new Beskar Stormtrooper Imperial dudes, wow, I can't wait to buy figures mm. of those guys. Yeah. I'm already, I'm already Dude, waiting. I'm already waiting. Din breaks a dude's neck with his bare hands. Oh. The, uh, the, the combat is, yeah, pretty, pretty brutal, I would say. for like He uh, stabs people in the throat. He Which stabs one of the Praetorians in the throat with a I knife. It's it. I, I, I like <laughs> it it awesome. It's it great. It's like it's great, but I wasn't expecting it. There's there's a scene where I think it's just a random Mando. I don't know if it's Costco or not. That's fighting uh, in the air and they get grappled and they just pull out the, this wrist blade and like stab the dude. I don't know who does that. I don't know if it's just a random or if it's Costco. I know Costco does like the I think she does the slide and the knee missile, right? It, it, that happens. Yeah, she, uh, she, does, she does the knee rockets. Yeah, which she, she does. She doesn't get to say a lot. But she does a lot of cool shit, man. Like you yeah. see her do a lot of cool stuff in battle. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that definitely is uh, like just seeing the Mandalorians in in, in action. <laughs> it was Rando yeah. Mando. I think and then so like too. seeing that there's a at one point like I, this reminded me of the when they were fighting the pirates. Remember that one Mando that just flies on top of a pirate ship and like takes it down yeah. and like flies off like a badass, bro? Like, who's, who's that, that guy? guy? He's the, that guy's cool, man. <laughs> Fuck Mandalorian. So, dude, that when they're fighting the pirates too, like they just whoop those pirates' asses, man. I think that's the thing that I think that's a good thing. I think it's a the thing they want to show is like, yeah, Din's a badass, Bo-Katan's a badass, the armor and Paz and Axe and Casca, they're all badasses. But so are these Mandos. You don't know their names. They're badasses. Remember, they're the same. You know, they're highly trained, weaponized mercenary killers. Yeah. Remember, don't yeah, forget they that. They, they should all be that badass. Like, that's why I'm <laughs> glad that they showed that because, mm -hmm. yeah, like they're fucking Mandalorians. They should all be that badass. Like, these pirates, like, I think they did kill a couple Mandalorians, but like, it wasn't until they brought out like the big guns and stuff, right? Like yeah. just seeing these guys on the street normally, this this is nothing, dude, for a Mandalorian. Like there was at one point a dude like brought the the wrist fucking wire out and like choked the dude out or like dropped him to his knees and like shot him in his head and like the Anzellans are over there cheering and shit. And it's like, man, that was just it was cool to see like the Mandalorians wreck shop on enemies that they should have wrecked. And they did, you know? And it's just it's cool because again, like not only not not like not only should the bat the main characters be badass, like no any normal Mandalorian should be badass because they're fucking that they're Mandalorians, dude. Like they should all be out there whooping ass like it's nothing, right? Like mm -hmm. that is that is their culture, that is them. Like they should, you know. So sometimes it kind of bothers me when like they shoot one and they kind of like die easy. I'm like, well, I get that you have to have red red shirts, so to speak, but it's like 
make a little bit more effort to kill them. Like they shouldn't be this easy to kill. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's no, stuff like that kind of bothers me. But like, at the end of the day, whatever. But um, yeah. It was just. It was just. Oh, and we didn't even talk about the fucking uh, skinny Pete Mandalorians, dude. Like those guys yeah. that were trapped on Mandalore for how, you know who knows how long. With the cool looking armor, Skinny Pete had like a B two head on his fucking shoulder pad at one point, uh, which I noticed. And uh, yeah, all those guys were just—I just loved. The, listen, I, I have always loved the look of Mandalorians, even before this show yeah, and before it was cool to like them. For as long as I've been a Star Wars fan, I've always loved Mandalorians. I mean, it, it started with Boba Fett, and then it went to Jango, and then it went to fucking Candorous and Jaster and all these other guys, and here we are, man. So. Mandalorians have always been cool to me. Uh, so anytime we see a new one, I'm like, man, that's awesome. <sighs> I was going to say also, something. I forgot, though. Oh, man. You go ahead. I'll no, try to remember. <laughs> best car, the best car, man. Like, just best car fucking each other, fucking itself up, you know? I remembered. Uh, the Darksaber got destroyed. I don't even think we've talked about that. Uh, we haven't. Uh, I was going to bring it up, too, but yeah, I'm glad you did, because... Yeah, yeah. So that's a huge thing this season. Is yeah, for, the dark saber? Yes, I was like, oh my god, it got destroyed. I was not, uh, I was not expecting that when him and I wasn't were fighting. When Gideon and Bo-Katan were fighting, and he just like crushes it. It's like, uh, you, you what? Mm-hmm. Because I've seen people be like, oh, they could just rebuild it. I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, do you do you, like? People don't realize the history. And the just how old of a lightsaber that is. Yeah. Like, for those of you who don't know, if you haven't seen Rebels, the Darksaber was created by Tar Vizsla years, 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 years ago because he was the very first Mandalorian Jedi. And uh, after Tar Vizsla died, the Jedi stored the Darksaber in the Jedi Temple but at some point in galactic history, the Mandalorians broke into the temple, stole the lightsaber, and then basically we see Pre Vizsla with it in the Clone Wars. He's the he's the guy of the first guy we see with it, and then from him it goes to Maul, and then from Maul it goes to um, uh, I'm trying to remember Clone Wars and, and Rebels. I know Sabine has it. At one point, Bo-Katan has it at one point, and then obviously we're back to Mandalorian. We're like, you know, Gideon took it from Bo-Katan, and then she had it again. But there's a whole, there's a lot of history to that lightsaber, and it's like, wow, they really just destroyed that. Mm-hmm. Like they really, they really destroyed it. I don't, I would, I would hope. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say hope, but like it would be cool if they rebuilt it. But at the same time, it's like, man, if. The, it would kind of take away from that moment if they did, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, I mean, it, it just, it just, it would be hard for me to be like, man, they could just rebuild it, you know? Cause it's such a historic, you know, huge significance thing. Um, but also I kind of like story-wise that it's destroyed because now they don't have to be so hung up on, if you hold the dark saber, you're the ruler of Mandalore, right? Yeah. And and this goes into the whole thing of like Bo Katan saying, or everybody saying, like, or actually it was the armor that said this, right? That the um 
the Mythosaur was going to bring in a new dawn for Mandalore, like a start a new era. Yeah. You know? So I feel like with them choosing Bo-Katan as their leader, even though she did have the Darksaber, she doesn't have it anymore. It's gone. But they're still sticking with her. And she's going to be the leader to bring in the new dawn or the new age of Mandalore. And, you know, we're going to see the Mythosaur and the Mandalorians rebuilt, you know, they're going to rebuild some Sudari and, and just all of that, right? So I kind of I kind of like it for that story reasons for that, but it's kind of a bummer because I really like the dark saber man. It's a cool weapon, but yeah. But at the same time, it's like story reasons. Yeah, I think I think it was a it was an interesting move to 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 go with it that way because yeah, now people people don't have to get so hung up on who wields the dark saber. Now it's like we get to choose who we want to be our leader. You know? Yeah. I think kind I told deal, I said this in voice chat is like I th- I think that. Like the parts will end up being used. I really do think they'll end up going to Grogu, but I don't think it's going to be the dark saber anymore. I just think it'll uh, be yeah. like his thing, uh, for the most part. If that even happens, who knows? I just kind of feels kind of weird to have this thing and it's destroyed and then we never see it again. Like maybe they put it in a, a in a put it. In, it belongs in a museum because it's such a major major uh, right. Put it in uh, a thing. Once, once they rebuild uh, Mandalore, they can put it in the, the Sundari Museum or whatever and be like, this is. <laughs> remember when we were so hung up on this thing? Here it is. And, you know. mm-hmm. Also, like going back to your point of like reusing it for um, Grogu's uh, lightsaber. Um, I think that would be probably the the best thing to do to go about it. Like save the parts for Grogu, and then like whenever he builds a lightsaber, have him, you know, use him for that. But also, like I know people are gonna complain or or, or bring up the fact that they destroyed the Skywalker lightsaber in Episode Eight, and they brought it back in Episode Nine. And I was like, oh, like why can't they just rebuild it like that too? And it's like, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what they do, right? But I kind of like the idea of like here's something from our past that you know we can either give to Grogu now that he's a Mandalorian like like a full like you know adopted by Din kind of deal or like you said maybe just keep it as like a ancient artifact kind of you know yeah so if they go either with those two routes I think that would be cool I'd be down for either one um but yeah um I think a lot of the complaints I would have had kind of got knocked out in the last two episodes, you know? Like, I was a little bummed that Din kept losing stuff. All the way up to the point where I realized this motherfucker don't need nothing. (laughs) Well, fast, right? Like, Like, and anybody that's like, and and not only that, him and Grogu take on three Praetorians, right? And not yeah. only and 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 Bo-Katan does not defeat Moff Gideon on her own. It takes all three of them to beat him, right? And like any complaint I would have had got got like because it it would almost felt like almost too broken at times if like this one character can beat this one person that's like the super robotic suit. And I say the same thing for the Praetorians. It would have felt a little weird if if after Paz's sacrifice, Din would have killed them all three on his own, or Grogu would have yeah. killed all three on his own, but them which, working together which, works better. 
Yeah, which which they make a point to not have it be that way because remember mm-hmm. when when uh what's his name? Uh, Din is fighting uh, uh Moff Gideon and then like the Praetorians show up, they're whooping Din's ass. Like mm-hmm. you know, part of me was like, why don't they just stab him like they did with 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 Paz, you know, like why don't they just do that? But I guess the way that I had canon that was like uh Moff just wants to see him suffer and they just like, you know, keep keep fucking with him, you know, like don't don't kill him just yet. Um, but yeah, they, they do it. They, they are whooping his ass because like, I mean, the Praetorians are like Jedi level threats. I mean, we saw them in the fucking the last Jedi, you know, go up against Ray and Kylo and, and like, you know, these guys are like the precursor to those other guys, but still like these guys are, are a big deal. Right. You know, so, they're a big deal. They got their own theme song when they enter yeah. the scene. Yeah. And they, they, they enter like a boy, like a fucking boy band, you know, they walk in the scene <laughs> We're in the same suit and they're all like on the same page and everything looking badass. Um But yeah, they, they make they make it a point to be like, nah, dude, like Din needs Grogu because he's getting his ass whooped right now by these guys. And it isn't until like they work together that would that, you know, Grogu force pushing him to the ground, pulling the weapons away, like that they're able to work together and Din's able to stab one in the neck and like shoot one in the foot and then the fucking neck or whatever. And like, yeah, it's it's it ain't easy, man. Like, you know, they, they, they got to work together to make this happen. Yeah. I was kind of hoping Din would take one of their weapons, like, just permanently. Like, I, I hope he has a sword somewhere just in the back of his house. It's like, this is mine now. <laughs> he's taking uh, weapons from... Uh, yeah, because that was like the whole final battle. He's taking weapons from everybody he beats to beat the next guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess we like season three, DT. I think we like it. <laughs> I think we do, yeah. Well, now that being said, um, I would like to go. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and share my ranking of the uh, of the. Um, go right ahead. Not not only this season, but like all three of the seasons. How I feel about how I would how I would rank them. Um, so I'm I'm gonna let you guys know about that. So from from episodes one to eight. We have, this is my personal ranking of each episode. So my number one, or actually, should I start from the bottom or the top? Well, it's up to you, my guy. We'll start from the bottom to make it more interesting. Okay. So at number eight, th- again, this is purely my least favorite episode. We're going from least favorite to favorite. Uh, so my number, my number eight, at the bottom, I have chapter 19. The Convert, which is the third episode of the season. Um, I just, for, I mean, I talked about it why earlier. It's just, it's too long of an episode that I wish they would have spread, you know, spent more time with on other episodes. Yeah. Um, it kind of, it kind of goes away from the focused story that we have and it kind of, it, See, this is where I get conflicted because, like, I do, I kind of, I do like them focusing on the wider galaxy-wide stuff, but I just, I don't know, man. I just, I, I guess I didn't really like the way they handled it in this episode as much because I like the world building and I like, you know, the New Republic stuff and all that, but I just, I don't know. I just wish they would have handled it differently, I suppose. Um, and I just, Eli King, like, I knew she was bad. Like, come on, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to convince us she's not, but she clearly is. 
At number seven, my second least favorite episode is chapter 22, Guns for Hire, which is the sixth episode. I mean, again, I just... This episode is a bit of a goofier one. Um, it's... I don't think it's bad. It reminds me of like a Clone Wars episode, really. But like Josh said, there's a lot of there's a lot of cameos in here that can be a little distracting. Um, at times, I really did like the world building as well. But just when you compare it to some of the other episodes, this one is clearly one of the weaker ones, in my opinion. Um, so that one's seventh. Then. This is where things kind of got a little bit more interesting for me. Um, I was kind of unsure if I wanted to put um, if I wanted to put um, the first or the second episode here, but I think I put the second episode here. Mine's a Mandalore, which not even that it's just a bad episode, but it's just like I just like the first episode more because it kind of set up the season and it brought in the Anzellans and like, you know, it, it, it just, it had more of like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it really, but it's just, it kind of, like I said, just set up the sets up the season of what we're doing. And then the second episode, The Minds of Mandalore, is kind of like, all right, we're going back to Mandalore. And it was cool seeing that. But, like, the whole, like, spider eye droid thing was kind of weird. I don't really know what's up <laughs> I with mean, that. I just spent that whole time trying to figure out what the fuck that thing was. Like, I want to know what like it is. It was like taking blood from Din. And I'm just like, what? Like, I don't, I don't know what deal with that is, so... So that would, so I would probably, even though it was cool to see some of that, like it's cool that we got to see Pelly again, and and you know we got R five with the with, with us on the trip now in this episode, but I just I don't know I just I like it a bit less than the first one, um, which is my next one and number five is the first episode chapter seventeen the apostate. I just like how it sets up the season, and, and we get the Enzelins and you know trying to you know get IG up again, and it just I don't know I, I just like the way it started off the season. And then for my fourth episode, I have chapter four, which the main reason I have it up here is because of the flashback stuff. Like that to me is the best stuff of the episode. Like the rest mm -hmm. of the episode is not bad, but like if the, if we had more of the fucking flashback stuff, it, this episode would probably be higher for me to be honest, but I got you. But I really like that. I really love seeing Keller and Beck and, and the, you know, operation nightfall and, and all that stuff I mentioned earlier. Really, really good. Really, really cool. Then for my number three episode, I have The Return, which is the finale. I think I have that one as my number three. I it took me a few try a few watches to kind of put it up here because I'll be honest with you, I had it lower upon first watch because it just kind of, it just like at the time felt like a, I don't know, it's just, it's just like I said, it's just not as a, bomb, a bombastic of an ending as some of the other seasons, right? Like, and it doesn't have to be, but it's just like, it's just like it was a good episode, but I I I don't know. I felt kind of like I wasn't as strong with it as first at first, I should say. But um, but uh, eventually I rewatched it a couple times, and now I have it up to number three, and it is a really good episode. Um, 
but I still liked a few more episodes more than that one, which and my number two, I have episode five, The Pirates. The Pirate is my second favorite episode. I really like that episode a lot. I think it's one of my favorite episodes of the entire show. Again, I love Gorian Shard and his pirate gang and the Corsair ship and the fact that we get to see like all the cool stuff we see in this episode and you know, Zeb and like, oh man, just so cool, dude. Like I, I so just added a little bit more world building with Coruscant and New Republic. And I think this is episode Tim Meadows shows up in and like it's just uh I I really like this episode. It's one of my favorite episodes of the, of the entire show and, and of the season. But my number one favorite episode of the season has to be chapter 23, episode seven, The Spies. I mean, from start to finish, this episode is incredible. Um, we start off with Kane talking to Gideon. Then Gideon talks to the Shadow Council. We get a Thrawn name drop. We have all the badassery that we get to see. And then our boy Paz Vizsla makes the ultimate sacrifice. And wow, what an episode. So that is my favorite episode of the season. And yeah, I, I would say I really enjoyed... I Honestly, I really enjoyed the season but i would say those last two episodes kind of like i it's weird because i don't not like them but just like compared to the rest i just don't like them as much you know mm-hmm. i got you but those are my rankings for the season um that's how i felt about it i get i really like rewatched some episodes to kind of like get the ranking better because i had when i first did this i had it a completely di- not 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 a completely different order but i had some out of order um but i changed it up here now so that's how I would rank the episodes this season. And then if you're curious about how I rank the three seasons, personally for me, I would put season two at the top, season one next, and then this season is probably at the bottom for me, um, which again doesn't mean I don't like it because I, I just told you I did. But I think that's the, those those two episodes there kind of take a hit for me there. I got you. Um, Compared to like some of the other, you should go seasons. look at my spoiler tags, DT now, because well, I, I saw that you did that, and I specifically did not look. I'm, I will not mm-hmm. look. I'm I didn't look at yours today. either. I didn't look at yours either. And guess what? We uh-huh. have the same ranking for the seasons. Oh, do we? I'm the same. Yes, we do. Oh wow! Look at that. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, DT is going to spoiler tag this. I'm going to spoiler tag mine, just so like our friends can see what we think of it. But yeah, yeah. That... same. I, I didn't yeah, rank the I episodes. Just, yeah. No, that's right. I, I did it just because I was like thinking about it for myself. You know, I was like, hmm, how do I feel but, about like just in order to help me like get a better grasp on how I feel about this season? No, I was like, let me just do that. And I probably, I agree with you. Like, I, I, I don't know if I'd have the exact same ranking because it just come down to itty bitty things. But I definitely sure. agree with your top pick for the spies. You know, like we get that badass moment. Um, and uh, do you want to explain why you rank your seasons your way, or did you did you say exactly what it is about each season that made you rank it that way? As okay, a total? So, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay, go but ahead. For me, like season two is just like it's it's hard. It's gonna be hard to top season two, man. Like it is. Like there's just so much in that season that is like it, it, it's kind of unfair to the rest of the seasons because it has years of. Uh, of anticipation of things that we were waiting on. Like we had been waiting for years for Boba Fett to return, right? Guess what? He's back. 
We were waiting years to see that Luke. Guess what? We got to fucking see it after years. We got to see. We got to. See, we were waiting on Bo-Katan live action. Guess what? She's here, live action. Bo-Katan and Ahsoka, and we got to fucking. Actually, no, this is not even this show. This is this is Book of Boba. I guess technically. Never mind. I can't count it for season two. Um, but all all these things that we'd waited been waiting for years. Like it's kind of unfair to the rest of the show that season two had a lot of firsts that we had been waiting on. You know, there's a lot of anticipation for things that season. And to me, they paid off so well that I was just over the moon, excited and delighted about that season. That season really made me um, like really happy with Star Wars. And just that finale is just forever for me going to be top, going to be hard to top. Um, yes. Yes. That's the it's thing. Just, it's, it's, it's too, it's going to be really hard to, to top that, man. Like nothing's ever made me feel that way. I'm the same as you. Like that it, way that finale just, is. It's really difficult to 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 you know to reach that again. Um, which again, not every season needs to be that, but it's just like once you have that, it's like man, I want to I want to live on this high again, you know. <laughs> but uh, I need that hit. Come on, yeah. I need that give, me, give, give me that sweet hit. No, but yeah. Um, I guess at this point, I guess you can also kind of count Book of Boba Fett like those episodes, like kind of in this you can too. Throw it in I, there, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't do it, but like, I guess, I guess you can because some of those episodes are very much Mandalorian. Some of Book of Boba like, definitely feels like Mando two point five. <laughs> no, but, some parts. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, season two for me. That's why it's at the top. Like, it's just there's so much Star Wars goodness. Like, you know, they, 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 they made a good Star Wars soup, and we ate deliciously that season um and then season one i just i like the freshness of it of like here's this dude that mandalorian dude we're following and he's you know saving this baby from being you know taken away by the empire for nefarious you know deeds and stuff and like just building up like the characters that we got to see in season one that we now love and just like setting up the whole show as a whole i really like that um and then yeah season three just you know it was good but i i just i do i think i do and upon rewatch i would i would enjoy the other ones better um so yeah, that's kind of why i have them the way i do two one three um another thing we didn't even mention was the pergil we got to see the pergil in in this season yeah we sure did which another another rebels uh reference which by the way for those of you out there who have not seen any Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that, and you're going to be checking out Ahsoka, I would strongly recommend watching both of those before Ahsoka. But if you can only choose one, I would recommend Rebels. Rebels is going to be the one. Based off that trailer and what we, what we know, there's going to be a lot of Rebels uh, tie-ins to that series. So that is what I would recommend. The Purgle, which we saw this season, the Mando, the Space Whales. Those are uh, from Rebels. They they make an appearance there, and and they make a very significant appearance uh, in in the series finale as well. They sure do. Um, but um, yeah, I think. Uh, did you want to share why you had your season rankings that way? No, 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 honestly, it's like it's exactly the same as you. It's it it it's that for me. It's more like that that season. Like nothing has ever made me feel like the way I felt in season two. You know that finale. And yeah. nothing has since, like, like, uh, like, 
heart pounding. Is it? Isn't it? Uh, crying tears. You know. <laughs> you know the whole deal. Nothing has ever really made me feel the way that did. So, like. That's kind of what always put season two over the top for me. And like the same as you, like season one was just like, man, we're getting this show and it's about the Mandalorian and he's so cool. And then they hit you with that twist in that first episode at the yeah, very right end, the you know, like nobody knew about that. Like we, we had no idea. So that was secret a to everyone. Like it's in it, <laughs> season three is a victim of its own success. And that's why it's kind of like at the, at the bottom tier. And even then it's still good. Like I still yeah, enjoyed yeah. the vast majority exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that for sure. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, and I'm not like, and neither of us really are like these people that get hung up on all the bad, like it just, yeah, I, I'm not a keyboard warrior on Twitter. I'll express a thought or two here or there, but I'm not like, man, Kathleen Kennedy's going to get fired. And man, oh, they're going to recon, recon, retcon the sequels. And man, I like, the, I, am, uh, I bet all the sequel deniers were real salty when they saw the Praetorian Guards, man. Like, yeah. And they, all, when I they am, mentioned Hux, right? It's fine not to like those things. It's fine if you don't, but. You don't have to take a pitchfork and a fucking torch to everything either all the time. <laughs> My issue with those people is like they have they hate everything from the sequels. Like I am not I wouldn't consider myself a big sequel fan, but yeah. I like when they take things from them and make them cooler or use them in other ways like the Praetorian Guards. I thought they looked bad. I think they look even cooler than they did in the movie. Like the mm -hmm. helmet design was a lot cooler this time around. It was cool seeing them like, you know, they killed a major character. They killed Paz, bro. Like mm -hmm. they did work. Like seeing them mention Brendel Hux, you know, which is Armitage's father, which Armitage Hux, you know, General Hux from the sequels. Like I like when they like, you know, take things from the movies that were not that in my opinion were not as good and use them into the story now to like, you know, do other cooler things with them. But I just hate when people are like, if it's from this, then that means it's shit and it sucks and I hate it. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like shut your mouth. Like, man, I just don't get that. Like hating every little thing from like stuff you didn't like, like who cares, bro? Like just be happy that they're trying to make it like, Utilize it in a in a better way this time. You know what I mean? That's just that's just how I feel about it, though. I'm just saying people bitching about this. Just the other thing I was gonna mention is like, it's fine not to like those things. That's totally okay. You know, you can have your criticisms. That's cool. You don't have to piss on anybody else that's having a good time with it, though. And you don't have to be cruel and ugly to them if they're enjoying this thing that you don't enjoy. Like, you don't have to be a terrible person to them. Just be a human being and like. You, you can agree to disagree. I do it all the time. There's parts about Star Wars that even DT and I don't agree on. But we're still, like, best friends, you know? It's yeah. the same for me and Majin in the chat. I'm sure there's things in, in Marvel and Star Wars that maybe we don't agree on. We're still really, really tight brothers and friends, you know? Like, the, the, the whole Discord community I'm a part of is like that. Like, there's things we don't agree on. We don't... We're not cruel to each other about it, like a lot of, like I've seen a lot of on the internet. 
Like, just try to be a good human being and try to be understanding of people. I know I'm asking a lot. I know I am. But, like, it's really not hard to be, you know, understanding of somebody and why they might like a thing. Like, and I understand why some of you might not like a thing. You know, but I, I, I don't hate on you and I don't think other people, I don't think you should be going around and hating on other people that find enjoyment in those things that you don't. And that's all I wanted to say. It's a plea. It's like, can't we all just get along? <laughs> you know? You don't have to be a toxic jerk all the time just because you don't like a thing. I know that's like the first thing we go to because we're on the internet and we don't have to look at somebody when we're talking to them and it's and it's very easy to be just toxic on there. I've, I myself was once probably not the most uh, awesome person to be around when I was in my teens because I was angsty and I had a lot of thoughts and opinions and I felt the need to share those things in a way that probably was not the best, you know, but uh, this is a, a, a wiser Josh reaching out to some of you to be like, come on, man! Like, it's it, there's no reason to be like that. Like, Star Wars can be fun for everybody, even oh, if the man. thing that's happening at the moment might not just be for you. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I mean, you I know? think, I, I mean, I certainly have come to the realization that not every single Star Wars thing is going to be for me. Once upon mm-hmm. a time, it was. That's why I was kind of a little bit like, you know, the sequels and, and some other stuff. I'm like, man, I just I was super, super disappointed by it. Um, but I don't know. I just, um, I think once you realize that not everything is going to be for you, I think you'll be, uh, you'll be better off for it. Um, yeah, I, my, it is my belief that you should focus on the stuff you do love and not the stuff you don't love. Because why would you even waste your time speaking on things you don't even, you don't even care about, man? Yeah. Like just focus your energy on the things you do like and, and spread more positivity instead of more negative. There's, there's too much there's too much negativity already out there. That's why, like, I, I don't know if you guys remember, like, but like years back, if you go back and watch some of our old Clockwork Cantina podcasts, some of our previous episodes, once upon a time I was like, Oh man, we're gonna do a big episode on the sequel trilogy and talk about, you know, how what a big missed opportunity it was. And I don't really care, I don't care anymore. I'm I'm over it. Once upon a time. If we had done it like a few years back, I would have loved to have done an episode like that. But to be honest with you, I'm just at peace and I've accepted that I'm those movies are not for me. I don't think they're like, you know, I I, I basically I, I have my feelings on them, but I don't I don't care to like, you know, talk about like all the different things that they should have done or they could have done or whatever. Like, it's just. I mean, what I mean, obviously, I would have loved for them to have done a, a bunch of different things to those movies, but I just, I don't, I don't care enough about it anymore to to like yeah, do I a whole you. episode on it. It's like whatever, man. Like hell, I, I, I have a thing from this episode that I don't like that we mentioned. We talked about a certain book, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't name the book. I didn't tear down the author. I didn't say nothing terrible about it other than. I just think it's a bad book, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you know, yeah, you know, like, but anyway, yeah, that's the whole point is that not everything is going to hit for you, but just focus on what, what does, you know, there's, there's a lot of it out there. Like, I just, that's something that I've had to learn too, you know, and it's like, well, you know, once upon a time, everything was for me, but now it's not, you just got to focus on what you love and, and, and be loud about what you do love and. If you don't love something, then just don't don't even talk about it. Like just 
let people enjoy what they enjoy and and you know whatever like like i know there's a lot of people out there that love andor more than i do and you know i'll, I'll good for them man i I wish i wish it hit for me the way it did for everybody else but uh you know it's just this is the way it is you know some, some things hit for you and some things don't uh yeah I know some people don't like Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan show as much. I love that show. You know, that's just how it is. You, some things you like, some things you don't, and just carry on, man. Just like what you like, and, and you know, if you're feeling not as positive about some other thing, then just, you know, don't shit on other people for liking it. Just you know, leave them be, you know? As, and, much, uh, as, much as, <laughs> as much as you don't want to want people to shit on you for things you like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you got a better idea, go put it in a tabletop. Go write a story. Go be creative in something, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm not saying that to be a jerk. Put out your Put ideas in into the... the world. You never know what might come knocking from it. You never know what opportunities might open for you based on that thing. Yeah. Everybody laughs and jokes about fan fiction. Well, I guarantee you, the only way you're going to get better at writing is writing. All right? Talking about writing or being too afraid to write ain't going to get you there. It ain't going to get it done, dude. <laughs> you I know, mean... like... Yeah, it's like Josh is saying, just fo focus that all that energy into positive energy instead of just spewing nonsense on the internet, being like, fuck this person and that person, and, and I hope this person gets fired, and, you know, like, just, like, fucking, don't be an asshole, man. Yeah. So that's, that's all just some of the stuff we wanted to say. We wanted to that just put some positivity back out there because there's always a lot of negativity. Let's put some positivity out there. Do, go do some cool, great, creative things, man. DT, I think that's a good note to end on, my friend. Just some good positive. The, the only, the only other thing I wanted to mention really quickly yeah, before ahead. we end is the future of of where we could go with the show. Yes, yes. That's the the only last thing I wanted to bring up. Mm -hmm. We 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 kind of mentioned right. it briefly, but but I wanted to bring it up again. But hit it on. Let's do it. So, like I said earlier, I think we're gonna be going off. I think we're gonna be having a time jump because this season ended up. This season wrapped up nicely. Had a happy ending. Din has adopted Grogu and his name is now Din Grogu, which I'm a little confused about that, by the way. Because I thought he yeah. was gonna be I thought he was gonna be called Grogu Jaren, but I guess it doesn't sound as ni nice and neat as Din Grogu. But <laughs> why why take his first name? I, I I'm confused about that. I hope they explain that in the future. Cause I, I am like genuinely like boggled at that. But um uh I think we're going on a time jump. I think Moff Gideon is dead dead. Unless, I mean, listen, would I be upset if they bring him back again? No. Because I think, because again, I mentioned this earlier, Giancarlo's a great actor. We know he made clones. Who knows if all his clones are dead? Maybe one of them could have made it out. Or maybe he could have made it out in that same suit. But he's like extra toasty now, like Anakin. I don't know. Who knows? They could bring him back. At this point, I kind of think they probably shouldn't. But if they do, will I be upset? No, because I think he's great. But. I just kind of think that the whole the, the story of these three seasons is kind of culminated and ended, and now we're moving on to other things. Um, so yeah, I, I I think we're gonna have a bit of a time jump, and then going off of the Ragnar thing, I know we were talking about this on Discord, but how cool would it be if Axe? I know you mentioned this too. If Axe was the one that takes care of Ragnar now, right? Yeah. Like he like yo, I followed your pops, but you know, he's a goner now. But you know, we're trying to rebuild Mandalore, and I'm I'm gonna take you under my wing now, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah i uh that'd be cool to see, to see in my opinion and yeah i just i think like i said earlier i think it'll make sense for a time jump here like it's a perfect spot the, the previous three seasons have all been kind of back to back to back um and everything's kind of been following the whole gideon and his cloning and you know with grogu and and like i wonder like what the next evolution of these characters is going to be like are we ever going to find out the armorer's name? Probably, right? I would imagine so. I hope so. I feel like we will. I, w- I would like to see her name. I, w- I would be cool if... Uh, uh, if, uh, you know, we got... Uh, um, I know what you're laughing at. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. come on, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not even, I'll, 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 we'll talk about that later. Uh, it's just, for those you wondering, it's something in the chat that like somebody came in and had hadn't seen the whole season. I'm like, <laughs> it just cracked me up. That's all. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I I hope next time we 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 are, we jump into the next season. First of all, I hope we don't have to wait too long. I hope we I hope it's next year, 2024. And then, if there is a time jump, which I hope there is, I, I want to see like, oh, maybe. I don't expect Mandalore to be fully rebuilt, but like a somewhat rebuilt Mandalore and like, you know, just how the Mandalorians coexist with each other again. Like, is everybody going to be okay with taking off their helmets? Is there, are they going to stick to you guys, take your helmets off? You guys don't still like, is it going to be a thing of like, you can do it if you want to, you don't have to though. Or like, you know, just how, how are they going to coexist? Right. Like with, like with all of everybody, because everybody is from different factions and, and like, you know, they all have been living one way for their entire lives up until this point. So, uh, yeah. So stuff like that'll be interesting. I wonder what kind of adventures Grogu and Din will be up to. I feel, I have a feeling like it'll be more like season one or season two of them just like going out on adventures and, you know, we're on this planet and, you know, kind of we're going on this planet kind of deal. But, um, hope we see more of, uh, Carson Teva as well. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure we'll get more New Republic stuff, but yeah, I, it makes me wonder like what we're gonna be dealing with, uh, in, you know, in the future. But uh, yeah, any any speculation or any thoughts on where we could be going in the next season, Josh? I don't know, really, man. Like uh, I kind of already gave what little I had earlier, uh, for how things might end up, and I don't know. The, the big thing for me is like, if we don't have Gideon. What kind of is going to take that antagonist role a little bit? Like, if it's going to be, like, kind of villain of the week type of stuff or... Yeah. um, Or, like, I could easily... I just don't know. You know? I, I, are the pirates going to have a, another thing come around? You know, like, that was kind of mentioned. Like, is that... Are they going to build on that a little bit more? You know? Uh, stuff like that. I would love to see, though... Know, uh, one of the things that we didn't really talk about too much on the uh, positives or negatives thing, but uh, and I forgot at the time to mention it, is like, it's cool that, you know, Din and Grogu have their own house, but I, I would have thought it would have been really cool if they'd stayed on Mandalore and, and were kind of yeah. hanging out there and seeing those interactions a little more. Yeah, but that I also been get, cool. I also get why they kind of have their home away from home type deal too, because it's easier for them to go out on adventures and not be all mando mandalorians all the time so i get it but i thought man that'd have been cool like 
I want I want Grogu and uh, and fucking Ragnar to be like big good homies. I want that to be a thing. I, 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 like if there's a time jump, like we'll go off and like what if Grogu ages up enough to be able to have his own little adventures, not necessarily with Din or something, you know. And and Ragnar's Ragnar's like his homie, you know, like stuff like that's just kind of in my mind. I don't know how big of a time jump they'll do or anything like that. Majin, I'm gonna ban you from the chat for saying that. Um, for even mentioning that name. What is she going to return to? A pile of rocks? Like, what do you mean? But, you know, stuff like that uh, uh, is all I can think of. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i excited for the future, especially because we're going to get, it's, you know, we're, we're like kind of stuff a, too, we're, so. we're like at a blank slate now, right? Like, right, anything yeah. can happen again. It's like we, we followed through with this three season story that we've capped off and ended like really neatly. So it's like, who knows, dude? That's why I'm like, apart from how amazing Ahsoka looks, I'm really interested to see what they're going to bring in with that too. Cause I would love to see Sabine and uh, like Boba and all these other Mandalorians, like Fen Rao that we haven't seen in life, you know, like yet group up together. Mm-hmm. That'd be sick, dude. Like, I, I want to see them all, like, you know, reunite on Mandalore or somewhere, you know, just have all the Mandalorians together, which probably, now that I say that, it's probably going to be the Dave Filoni movie that we're getting, maybe. It'll be like yeah. the Avengers Endgame of the Mandalverse. Um, uh. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, much like you, I just, I, I, I don't really know what we're going to see, but I do know is that we got a blank slate again. That's kind of exciting. Um, yeah. Because it could go anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. I got a Blasters and Bandits question for you. Not spoilery, really. Um, Actually, we, the game ahead. takes place during season three. If we did a, if season four does a time jump, would you guys want to time jump with the Mando crew? And we did that way so I could mess around a little bit with it. <laughs> yeah, well, is that something? actually, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was also curious, like, now that the season's over, like, how does that, like, because we started playing, like, during the season. Mm-hmm. And now that it's over, it's like, how does, like, how does this affect, like, you and the planning of, of, like, what you want to do with this? You know, now that you know all of the season is Your out. boy has and to then... really not fuck up. That's what has to <laughs> And also, like, in terms of your question, I think, I think it depends because, like, First of all, we got a long wait for the next season, right? It's true. So who knows where we'll be by then? And then, like, even if in, in and if season four even has a time jump, so we'll see, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking Definitely about that when we talked about the time to jump. Think about yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. All right, DT, any, any, any closing thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this son of a gun up? Uh, not really. I'm, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I, I'm trying to like rewind. I, I'm just probably going to be something I missed. Cause as I, as we were talking, there was stuff that would pop up in my head and then yeah, I, just, I, I didn't you. like, I didn't bring it up and I just, I forget about stuff, but no, I think, I think we pretty much went over the season. Again, I, I really enjoyed it overall. I think there's a couple episodes that were kind of eh, 
um which again i don't really hate them but it's just i just they just kind of they're just weaker and then yeah i would i would i would place this season as probably at the bottom for me of the three but that doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it there's again there's a lot of really good stuff that this season introduced and and brought in and, and did and i'm super excited of uh of uh you know the future and and you know, speaking of Satine, yeah, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm so surprised they haven't, like, mentioned her by name. You would think that, like, with as much history as, like, has been talked about and, like, how big of a character Bo-Katan is, like, she hasn't mentioned, like, her, like, Satine by name at all. Like, I know, it's once. interesting she mentions her father, but she doesn't mention Satine in episode yeah, that's, that's That's so, two, that's, two? I'll be honest with you, that's a little bizarre to me. Yeah, it's episode two, I think. Mm-hmm. But, like, like, how do you not mention, like, I feel like there are s- certain characters in Star Wars, like, there, there's a, just really quickly, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Go ahead. Go but ahead. There are, I feel like there are some characters, like, we're, we're in an era now where there's, like, a lot of strong female Star Wars characters, a lot of strong Star Wars women. But I feel like there are other women that are just not getting the respect that they deserve. And I'll tell you two of them. One of them is Satine. Who has not been mentioned in this series at all and then the other one that they could have mentioned in the obi-wan series is fucking padme bro like they don't mention her at all either i think pa- padme and satine are getting a little they don't they don't get enough respect bro like and i know in the obi-wan show they talk about like obi-wan and leia talk about padme but they never mention her by name yeah they, they never, never say her like name. or like or anakin and and, and obi-wan never mention padme or anything like that either like she's such a huge character in like the galact like both both of those women, Satine and Padme, such huge characters in the galactic history. And I feel like they don't get the res- like the the respect or like the 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 the, the due that they're deserved, you know? Like I just I feel like they should be mentioned more and they're just not. But I anyway, that's 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 my little tangent. I I, I don't want to go out too bad with it, but I just I still thought that I'd bring it up since we were talking about Satine. No, you can. So our show, we'll talk about whatever we want. <laughs> Indeed, but we're kind of we're wrapping it up. Though I just wanted to share my final thoughts there. I'm so sure I'll can. think of other things, but just just fucking hit me up on the Discord or, or Twitter or whatever. We'll talk about it if you guys what you guys want. Yeah, we've had a good show. I've enjoyed the show. I've enjoyed talking Mando with you. So yeah. Yeah. and with chat. So let's go ahead and and do our shout outs. DT, I'm gonna throw you up at the end. Here you are. You are on the main screen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this episode, episode 157 of The Clockwork Cantina, season three of The Mandalorian. A lot of fun. Um, quite a bit of Star Wars we've been talking about here lately, huh? But uh, guess what? We got more Star Wars coming. We sure do. Jedi Survivor is coming up, and I <laughs> will be playing that. And Josh will be as well. And we are in for a time. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm gonna be doing some probably long streams on Friday and Saturday. Um, and I'll be streaming before that as well. I'll be doing something tomorrow and the day after probably. Um, I might take Thursday off, but I'll probably do tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. Um. Stay tuned for that. I have stuff coming up, but I'm mainly excited about Jedi Survivor. 
And then next week, join us for our next D&D world building episode, which will be fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time. May the force be with you. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Thanks for watching this episode about Mando. Shout out to my co-host, DT3. One of the best friends I got, and I love talking Star Wars with. I have a whole laundry list of things to go through. Heroes and Fables. Make sure to follow the Heroes and Fables channel if you like Blasters and Bandits, which is a tabletop RPG Star Wars game that we play. DT is one of the players. I am the DM, and we have some other of our great friends from the Discord on that channel. Twitch.tv slash Heroes and Fables. Go check it out. We're going to do a lot of tabletop stuff over there in the future. Uh, I'm a dice creator. I'm a dice maker. And I stream dice making on Twitch. It's on this channel, the twitch.tv slash josh902 channel. And we are going to be streaming that this week. All the way up to Jedi Survivor, probably. I do not have a time uh, when I, that will be live. It'll probably usually, it's usually around dinner time. Uh, and I'll just stream uh, making dice. I have commissions to work on, so... You guys can watch me do that. I have the setup for that. Hell, maybe we'll build some Legos one day if I get if I want to and just test it out and see whatever. Just follow the channel. That's what we'll be doing up to Jedi Survivor. And then we'll be playing Jedi Survivor as well. Um, go follow us on all the show socials. I got like three Twitters that I need you to follow. So <laughs> follow all of them. Um, and join our discords and tweet at us and comment below and all that stuff, man. Follow, subscribe to DT's YouTube channel where this bot will be. Uh, subscribe to the MP3 audio thing. Uh, audio, wherever, wherever you listen to us at. We're on, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Amazon Podcast. We're on Google Podcast. We're on all the podcasting places. So uh, give us a follow on there. That's going to do it for this week's Cantina. We are going to do a quick host. I think Val is streaming, so we'll... We'll go give Val a, a follower, not a follower, a, a raid. I always say host, but they got rid of hosting. So we'll raid Val. Stick around in the chat if you're live. YouTube, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.